Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, Cub fans, and thanks for downloading the Sunranto Show. I'm Danny Rocket, here with a brief message to ask you to become a Patreon supporter at Patreon.com slash Sunranto. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Sunranto. There's premium content all throughout the year. You get the show early and completely ad-free over there in podcast form. Plus, your support goes to support all the things that we do at the Sunranto Show, like the Cubs caroling this winter, like tickets and beer, like all the parties we throw. It goes to support the music and the Bleacher Bump Band. It goes to support the time that we put in to bring you an entertaining Cubs show. We are completely brought to you by Cubs fans, which means we are not beholden like many, many of the other shows to the corporate oligarchs that stand to influence your opinion about the Chicago Cubs. We are a fan-generated and a fan-supported show, and you should support us. Patreon.com slash Sunranto. It's the off-season, and you don't want to miss a thing. Here's the show. Covey blue blood flowing through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We shed a million tears and drank as many old-style beers out at the game. Let's go, Cubby Sunranto. Michael Cotton. Sunranto. Michael Gondon. Sunranto and the lovable Lucy. Lucho's golly. Sunranto. Michael. Sunranto. Cotton. Sunranto and the lovable Lucy. Michael Gondon. Sunranto. Lucho's golly. And in stereo, uh, let's say it together. There will be in stereo. Hi, welcome to the Sunranto Ranter Roundtable. It is the special, way too soon, end of the year 2022 uh, special. We've got a cast of characters coming on, and uh, we got a lot to get through because, boy, what a year it was. Um, but I want to start here by, uh, first of all, introducing my co-host and partner, Michael Cotton, whose lovely strains you just heard, uh, ringing through your ears. Well, yeah. Hi, it's already winter in your in your Wrigley background. Oh this no! Is, yeah, this is the the Wrigley winter background right there, folks. Hello, the old old Wrigley. Hello, Wrigley, my old friend. I've is, come to talk to you again. This uh, is three seventy seven, I believe, because there are seats in center field. Ah, no batter's eye. Um, so uh, I'm Danny Rocket. I'm the one of the co-hosts of the Sunranto Show. And 
this show is brought to you by our 106 Patreon supporters who support us at patreon.com slash sunranto. Thank you so much for uh, bringing the show to everybody all year. Without this, uh, your support, the show does not happen. If you want to become a Patreon patron, you go to patreon.com slash sunranto and you become one. And for as little as a dollar, you get premium content. And, and that's a- look. That number is has been pretty steady for a long time, but I I did notice there's a little bit of a decline here just recently. So let's let's bring that back up. People are hurting, Michael. People are hurting. So um, yeah, all Not right. People well, like Ricketts. So yeah, Tom Ricketts, where's your pledge? Yeah, where's so, Tom? Yeah, we bring you on for- this show. We talk about you on this show all the time, Tom. <laughs> People love- might forget who Tom Ricketts was if we didn't put his name out there all the time. It's true. I <laughs> uh, So, uh, hashtag chance in the chat if you would like to win a Frank Chance postcard sent to you by me with a message of hope and doom. But without further ado, I would like to bring on the show right now, Mr. John Benedict, the Cubs organist and a uh, great friend of mine, uh, incredible musician, uh, just had a hell of a year uh, with you, uh, you know, requesting songs from the the crowd. And welcome to the Sun Ranto Show. And Stuart McVicker, the uh, proprietor of Club 400, who uh, without him this year would not have been as much fun and interesting, intersecting with lots of different players and having a, an incredible time. Uh, at, at his new condo out in Lake in the Hills at Club 400, the award-winning fan cave. And just what an awesome year. Welcome to the Sun Ranta Show, you guys. Um, hi. Hey, hey, Stuart. Hey, John. Hey, by the way, hey. I, I will say this. I mean, the whole darn season, right? Johnny B never shows up to the Club 400 condo. I mean, he's there, like, all the time. Like, the keys are outside. He's got the code. The guy hasn't stopped over once. Unbelievable. Here's the thing, Stu. You gave me... The permission, because you said there were keys, you gave me the code. Never once did you give me the address. <laughs> never once. I'm not going to go knocking on random doors. You, you gave me the general vicinity, but never once. And I'm like, okay, he doesn't want me to come. It's, it's true, and there's no sign on the outside. It does Seriously. Like, so I'm like, it okay. does seem like a detail you'd need to know, don't you think? <laughs> yeah. Um, John, Maybe I was, was by, by, by design. I don't know. I'm not sure. But John, I thought like I told Johnny, like he does a night game to a day game. Don't go home all the way back to McHenry. Stay overnight. I know. I my sister lives in Lake in Hell. Sorry, Johnny. I know you're Lake in Hell. Sorry. So John, I want John, I want to start with you, and I want to thank you for giving my family one of the greatest memories that we're going to cherish forever. And I'm just going to play the tape because I've got it right here. Podcast listeners, my mom is playing the Wrigley Field organ. She was an organist for years. I'm there with my sister and my cousin. And my mom's jamming now. She used to play at lots of churches. She was an organist at the Catholic Church for years. John, I can't tell you, man. Oh. My family is going to watch that forever. It's going to be passed down generation to generation. It'll be like one of those memories. And here's a picture of that day. I saw <laughs> Jeremiah in the oh, background. That's shirt, my, man. 
So I was going to say solid, solid shirt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. Bet- oh. Between you and Josh up there, I mean, that is, you guys should have like your own uh, organist calendar that you put out in, <laughs> in the. We, was, we were talking about that because, you know, we, we usually decide who's doing what games. We split it right down the middle, give or take a game if one of us needs to cover. That happened last year. Um, but. We usually figure out who's playing when right at the beginning of the season, and I don't see why not. I don't see why we couldn't put it out. Maybe I'll talk to him. Because yeah. people do ask. It doesn't – I mean, the purpose of having to is to be seamless, and they're not supposed to like, oh, who, who you know, it's not supposed to really matter who's up there because we're both giving the soundtrack that, that, that we're meant to give. But, hey, if people, if people want to know, fine. Well, even so, like I, I can always tell who's up there because I know both of you guys, and the and some of the choices that you guys make are a little bit yeah. different of the kind of music no. you like to play. And I do have that question: is like, you know, did, uh, how do you decide? Like, you just are you like laying in bed thinking about like, oh, who's in the lineup tomorrow for the Braves? I got to figure out like what I'm gonna do for each guy's song. Is like, are you just? Is this just like a constant thought process for you where you're just inundated with thoughts of of songs that are flagged to your head? I'm in a perpetual state of riffing. It is a, <laughs> a it's a miserable existence most of the time where I'm just like I'm, I'm driving or I'm, you know, I'm at work and a situation happens and I'm like, oh, that song would be great. And I'm like, wait, no, no, this is real life, John. What are you doing? Yeah, you, you see, like, the old lady walking up to the counter and you, like, think of her walk-up song? <laughs> yeah, no, or, you know, if, if, you know, a, a, uh, I was at a, what was I at yesterday? I was at a red light and, uh, um, oh, there was a license plate that said, the, the Go Johnny, and I'm just like, oh. Who's Johnny, Johnny be Good? He said, and he's just our play. No, Johnny Be Good, and I'm just like, Johnny Be Good, and just like, wait. That just came, and I'm like, whatever. We got uh, a question from the chat real quick uh, from Corey Furlong. What is one song John wanted to play that he either did not or could not play <laughs> by using your better there judgment? Are, there are a ton of songs I couldn't. Like, couldn't, like, the ability. I'm going to stick with that one. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's the ability, what he meant. To, the ability to play. <laughs> For the longest time, I couldn't play Mr. Blue Sky. It just has a, a weird progression that, like, for some reason, I just never delved into. I never, like, tried to figure it out until late this season. And I'm like, oh, that's actually a pretty fun song to play. Um, yeah, I try to refrain from playing songs that are, like, thematic on the positive side for, like, other teams. Like, I think uh, I stopped playing... Uh, uh, Sweet Caroline. That was a funny one. Sweet Caroline for the Red Sox because that's their thing. Yeah, at Fenway. You're like, don't be nice so, to them. Right. Well, it's not about being nice. It's just like that doesn't belong at Wrigley. That's right. there. Yeah. Just like they wouldn't play a Steve Goodman song. That just really isn't. That's not. That doesn't belong in Boston. That belongs in Chicago. But we kind of played on that this year, and it was tweeted at a couple of times. We only played them twice, so we had to do this quick. Uh, the DJ, I gotta give props to the DJs, Brian and Steve, and whoever it was. I think it was just Brian and Steve those two days. Uh, they uh, played every song that was that either had the word Caroline or Sweet in it, other than <laughs> Sweet Caroline. 
<laughs> nice. Or they played every other Neil Diamond song other than Sweet Caroline. Oh, deep cuts. Did those two? Oh, it was so funny. And people were we didn't we didn't tease it out. We didn't try to make it you know too obvious. But people started tweeting like they keep playing stuff just to not play Sweet Caroline. I thought that was yeah. <laughs> That's so, nice when people are are clocking that stuff and, that you're doing. Oh, it was so good. And and I I would have never known you, John, if it wasn't for the day that you filled in for the Bleacher Bum Band when we forgot our bass player's bass. <laughs> when we were trying to play a little gig at Club 400, I don't I forget yeah. the event that you were having, Stuart, but like, Stuart, Club 400 has, I think, brought more people together than just about any other place. Like, and I know the Cubs originally brought us together, and then we, you know, I meet people on Twitter and Facebook like that. But you built something that is like the, you know, the Cubs played the Field of Dreams game this year. This is an if you build it, they will come situation. So you build it. First guy to come out there is Tom Ricketts to raise money for your, uh, for your friend who was missing, uh, who needed a new leg and a new arm too, right? Two legs and an arm, yeah. He needed two, both two legs and an arm. Correct. Right. All right. So Tom comes out there, raise a bunch of money, uh, make make that happen. Since then, how many players have come out there? And just you know what we were just this year. I mean, yeah. Well, this year, you know, we started off. Uh, well, I'll, I'll go back because I, I definitely want to say this. I was thinking about like what what I want to talk about real, but like this year was a remarkable year for Club Hart. We're gonna go back to December when we had Patrick Wisdom come out, and as you can see, like with our videos that were dropping on Club Hart. Patrick Wisdom for day one, from the moment he walked into Club 400, has been simply amazing. He's been one of the – I mean, we've had – before we had Patrick out, we had over 40 players out. But Patrick got what we're all about. He wanted to be part of the community, and he just, like – he took it to another level. He really did. It's like, finally, like, I've always wanted, like, players to get it, to get what we're all about. And, you know, we're all about the fans because none of these guys would have anything if it wasn't for the fans. None of the – you know – the fans are what makes the ballpark run and gives everybody jobs and like Johnny B and everybody else. And uh, it only happens with the fans and, and wisdom got it, you know, and there's uh, a, here's a picture from that night. Uh, me and Crawley singing the, the Patrick wisdom carols. Uh, we had, a, we had a couple songs in the, in the hole for him. And then we all sang together a whole bunch of tunes and, you know, and that's, that's kind of what it is. It is a party. It's not like an event where like a regular signing where, uh, where you stand in what we do stand in a little bit of a line, but we do it in your basement, you know, with a pizza slice and a beer in our hand. It's not like when you go to the Sheridan in the basement and you're, and they're sitting at a table and there's, you know, fluorescent lights on your head. This is like your home. And I feel like that you make a place that not only the players feel at home, but the fans do too. I mean, the best thing about Club 400, because, you know, Club 400 is evolving every year, and there's new things going on and stuff like that. But when I think about it, uh, what's the best thing about Club 400 is the people. And I'm not talking about the ball players. I'm talking about the fans. The, uh, the the family that we have right now through Club 400 is amazing. Like, you know, I met Johnny through Club 400. I met William through Club 400. You know, I met all you guys through Club 400. And I feel like we, you know, we, we brought together a community. And, um I mean, yeah, there's nothing like coming to a Club 400 party. I, you know, I, uh, I always say I hope it's a win-win situation for everybody because the great thing about Club 400 is we're not trying to make any money. We're trying to, like, give money back to the fans. Every dollar we make goes back to the fans. Lately, we've, we've been um, 
you know, for the, this past year, we've been focusing on raising money for Club 400 because I can't tell you the amount of requests I get from, I know a lot of people, so I get a lot of requests, you know. So we're all, even when we don't, we're doing stuff constantly. We're giving stuff out, out daily, to be honest with you, to different other charities. So, uh, so yeah, we came, we got, we brought in Nicole and we started the Honoring Heather program this year. And our first, there we go. Yeah, yeah uh, I'm putting up a picture. Right for the podcast yep. listeners, it's the uh, the uh, Herbie is my hero outing uh, that happened this year where uh, you took a young man who's suffering pretty severe health problems. Um, he yeah, has, he had, actually has brain cancer. brain cancer. Yeah, and there's Nicole there on the right and Stu there in the background. I believe that's Herbie's family. And you brought him and you just gave him like a day and a half where you where you he went to the obvious shirt store and he met Joe and he met Patrick Wisdom and Frank the Tank came out. I mean, if there's a video on your YouTube page that everybody should check out. In fact, go subscribe to the Club 400 YouTube page. But yeah, could you tell me about the Honoring Heather program? Stu, we got you. Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me or no? Yeah, yeah, we got you. Uh, could you tell me about honoring Heather and that program? Yeah, I know. You know what I'll tell you. Honoring, honoring Heather, like we go to uh, Mesa every year and we hang out there at Sloan Park. And um, there's an organization called Steve's Dream, and what they do is they bring Cub fans to every uh, to a game every single day, try to give them a top notch experience, and they do an unbelievable job. So I didn't copy it off them, but like obviously, there's nothing better than going to Wrigley Field. So um, last year in 2021, um, Nicole uh, pretty much she wanted to give her friend one last trip to Wrigley Field, Heather. And uh, we basically I got tagged so many times on it. I couldn't ignore it. So I, I, we, I reached out to Nicole and I said, hey, yeah, whatever you need, we got you. We'll get Heather to the game. And thanks for a lot of wonderful people behind the scenes. We were able to give, a, give her an unbelievable day at Wrigley Field. Wilson Contreras was a part of it. Joe from Obvious Shirts was a part of it. And I'll tell you what, I've written checks out for $65,000, $70,000. That day was a $2,000 day, but it was one of the most rewarding experiences I've ever had. And I'm like, man, we need to do more of that, you know. So uh, this year we started the Honoring Heather program, which is basically um, – Getting fans to Wrigley Field that think that they can't go or because of maybe a disability or whatever, or maybe they don't have money to go to the games. So we, we started a program this year where fans write in like 400 words or less of why someone like nominate a Cubs fan to go to a Cubs game that may need help, whether it be mental health or whatever. And uh, we, we did three of them this year. We started a little bit late, but we started the program in June. And our first one was, I think, was, was with Herbie. And then we did another one. Um, we did a really quick one, and then uh, we just did one with Brian McIntyre. Uh, you'll see the video coming out in a few weeks. So, uh, yeah, it's a it's a great program. You know, we're, we take them to the 1914 club. Uh, we take them on the field. We we let them meet players. We bring them down a limousine. They don't have to. They, you know, they have to worry about anything. They don't have to bring a dollar, and they're going to get a wonderful, beautiful day at Wrigley Field. And as you guys know, man, there's nothing better than a day at Wrigley Field. Especially the 1914 club where, Her where Herbie could drink all-inclusive cocktails. Like, <laughs> <laughs> give the kid the time of his life. Um, Blake Beard writes in. He says, can we donate tickets to Club 400 to help the cost? Let me tell you, Blake, just give them to me. I'll make sure that they, they, that they get to where they need to go. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no, I, I, I imagine that tickets something... go to die. <laughs> exactly. We're actually going to start a program like that. 
Um, yes, definitely. Uh, we're, we're, right now, we're in the middle of revising our website, which was done in 2013. We've come a long way since then. Uh, we're going to drop the new website right around the Cubs convention with the new program that we're going to introduce uh, shortly. But, uh, yeah, definitely. It'll be all on the website coming in January right around the Cubs convention. Well, by I, the way, I know Danny, I, John, you have never been to a Cubs convention as a Cubs employee, correct? No. The last time I was there was uh, CubsCon 2019 when I met you. I went with my dad. Right. And there's actually a picture of uh, me in the lobby watching Gary. Oh, I've seen right, that like, picture. That's on a the good... organ. My dad caught it. It was kind of candid because I was just kind of chatting it up with him and a couple other people were sitting and listening to him play. He was he was near the end of his shift, so he was kind of just doing the whatever was left in the in the tank. And uh, he plays I I, for sixty hours straight that weekend, and he works yeah, for he, only sandwiches. I don't know if you've got the same <laughs> deal with those guys, but just you know, Subway, and it's not even the Goodwoods; it's the Subway Club. You know, it's the it's not, you know, no condiments, get, no extras, no extra meat. Yeah, just just oh. dry. <laughs> just dry meat not even toasted not wow. even toasted yeah absolutely <laughs> not get the option no. well hopefully they'll have uh you and josh out there playing this cubs yeah. convention because that's back on and you know that's always almost my favorite part when you walk and you haven't heard the organ that long you know it, it you know the the baseball organ you may have heard a church organ or something but you haven't heard that kind of whimsical you know organ playing and then all of a sudden you walk into the sheridan and there it is. And it's just like, mm -hmm. you're and then nothing says ballpark. Like, you know, when Gary was playing the organ for uh, literally 60 hours for only Subway sandwiches. It was um, an extension of himself, man. He, he, you can't, you can't compete with that. He's, he's a total, he's a totally, he's a total anomaly. So, John, did you know that they put you uh, – you probably know. I know you're busy focusing on being <laughs> the organist. But did you know – and I'm putting up on the for the podcast listeners, uh, John, on the big board. Um, and you're, you're there, and uh, you usually play a song. We have to guess what that song is yeah. on, on the board. So, now, how paranoid – do you get about like your facial hair or do, do I have any ear hair? Cause that's a, I mean, that's a big John Benedict. Yeah, don't forget about there. the love handles. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah no, pan it, up, pan up guys. Stu sends me, <laughs> Stu sends me fat shaming texts after the four. Oh no. <laughs> like, like John, you gotta watch, get play off those wings. And I'm like <laughs> the nerve, the nerve of this guy <laughs> of all people to call me fat. Um, it's no, Chicago. I, you're actually the thinnest guy in town. Um, there's a is a picture I posted a while back uh, with someone who caught me on uh, I think it was Pride Night. I think it was William. Yeah, uh, uh, Michael's William's son caught me. He took a picture, and I have like the worst colic on the planet. <laughs> And I'm not, I'm like, I'm usually not too self-conscious about like my image or whatever. Cause I'm like, I am who I am, whatever. But like, now that I know, <laughs> I get the back of my head and I got this. Look like a, like a reverse coxcomb. Right. And if you put, put the picture up again, you notice I got the, the, the crew cut with a nice trim top and the the colic isn't there anymore see yeah you look, you i made sure freshly to take... trimmed there yeah this... right and i make sure the beard from the jawline to jawline is nice that's just my routine i can sh i shave every day but 
the the colic is gone and I make sure it's not there anymore. Now, you actually I, went out and got a, a haircut? Yeah. <laughs> well, he's got sure, to. I told, my, I told my barber, I'm like, I don't care what you do. Just make sure the colic isn't there. And, I just, and this side more than that side. Like, you could screw yeah. up this side all you want. But, <laughs> yeah. but my right, my side, right he, side like, is, yeah, it's got to be and tight. Goes, why? And I say, don't worry about it. The right side. <laughs> just do it. Just do it. Well, now you can expense your haircuts because you're on TV. Um, <laughs> you can now. I'm seeing for, right off. now. You're, you've you've made my my imagination go wild, which is always dangerous for my friends. But um, it's oh, what what? How about a series of wigs next year or, or crazy hats? <laughs> you know, you go in there one day. You go in there. You got a big old cloud rainbow wig on. Next day, you look like Cher. Oh, that would be <laughs> that would be fun. That would be excellent. Guess you know like. Guess the song, but also guess the hair. Guess the, well. If guess you, why is he dressed so ridiculous? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there goes the, there goes that's the wig too budget. attention grabbing. Don't you think? <laughs> I would think we're so. supposed to be. We're supposed to be subtle. We're supposed to kind of be, yeah. Yeah, There's yeah a subtlety. Not, yeah, not my style. Not my style to go subtle. Yeah. But uh, uh, anyway, I want to thank you guys for a freaking really wonderful year. Like overall, I want to show oh. a few more pictures. Uh, Stu, you did club. We did club 400 Palooza this year. And dude, here I am on the rooftop rocking my guitar and uh, the bleacher. That's bump a band. Shot. Yeah, that dude. A- I mean, it's what I'm saying. Like between you guys, between you letting my mom play the organ and me playing a rooftop across from Wrigley Field, like just a lot of like bucket list things. I mean, I don't even I don't even have a bucket list. Like I have to create a bucket just to put things in that happened to me. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm not I'm, I'm going to take things out of my bucket list to give people other people ideas of what cool things could happen to them. Because I got bucket listed this year. But like <laughs> uh, I got bucketed. Yeah, bucket. <laughs> but you you had show out to the house this year. Show, show. Yeah, it was a great event May 27th May. Uh, event uh, benefited Lost Boys. Uh, yeah, I mean, yep, that's Levante with yeah, uh, Strowman there. Yep, and for him to come out, you know, and for you guys to link up with Levante after we had done, uh, you know, we met Levante in 2020 with John Baker, and then so then Levante, who by the way is a Sox fan, is now, uh, you know, he's come north. He's like, hey, I'm getting some love. He he's gone so far north. He's up in Lake in the Hills. Like that's, you know what I mean? Like, you know, he's, he's like, well, Sox don't show me any love. So I'm showing up, I'm showing up to Cubs games now. And, uh, and here's also me and Christopher Morrell, like just the, the opportunity I got, I've had to meet all these players. Patrick wisdom is nice as anything. Frank Schwindel, nice as anything. We're at freaking the, the Christmas party last year and, uh, freaking, uh, Sammy Sosa calls yeah, in amazing. the middle of the party. I mean, it's ridiculous. Amazing. That was that was good on the Club 400 history. I gotta gotta say, uh, you know, that party we did with Strowman. I want to thank Strowman HGMH, which is his charity. We did uh, first time ever, first event we've ever did for Club 400 because Strowman said he, hey, we want to include Club 400 in this. So a third of it went to Club 400, a third of it went to HGMH, and a third of it went to Lost Boys. So we were very thankful for that, and uh, that was a great event. And then, like you said, we just had Morell out. And next up on the list is definitely the Christmas party. And uh, I think we have our guest booked. I'll just give you a hint. He's not on the major league roster yet, but he's a top five prospect. 
if you'd like to take a look at the top five prospects, there they are. If you want to guess which one of those five it might be. Yeah. Bump, bump, bump. Yeah. So we're going to announce that soon. The only thing we're working out is some details and the date. Uh, but we'd love to have you come out uh, for our Christmas party. And John, I mean, that's the amazing thing about John. John, I actually, just so you know, Betty, I was thinking about you earlier today. I ordered a Christmas present for you. That's I weird. <laughs> Johnny's, you know, it's amazing how Johnny got, you know, he's an organist of Chicago Cubs, how it happened, the whole thing. But, you know, when I was asked to buy it, someone came to me and they said, hey, can uh, <laughs> uh Cubs organ for you? And they wanted like five grand for it. I'm like, oh, we don't need an organ. And then he was about ready to put it on the market. He called me one more time and he's like, you sure you don't want this organ? I think it belongs to Wrigley Field. And the, to make a deal on that organ, then they meet Johnny through William. Then Johnny puts his tape together at Club 400. Now he's playing at Wrigley Field. And now we get Johnny, who has never charged me a dollar, kind of like you, Danny, and who is a big part of uh, Cub fans, helping Cub fans, Club 400. He makes the event so much special. And you're, when he, he, he creates the ambience of uh, you know, Wrigley Field at Club 400. And you're hearing an organ that was used. In Wrigley Field by the organist of the Chicago Cubs today. And so, I use Gary's preset. What's so, that? <laughs> and I use Gary's preset. Oh, really? <laughs> Standing <laughs> on the shoulders of giants. Yeah. No, and it, like, it's kind of, it is surreal. And I still, I have to make sure I always have that moment. It's very easy to kind of let this job become work. And I have to like consciously decide I have to realize I'm where what I'm doing, where, where, like who I'm following, who Josh and I like have seceded, and it helps when I'm either at Wrigley and I just kind of look up and and take a couple seconds to look around, see the Ivy, see everybody there, uh, and it, it, whether it's a night or a day game, both are equally as you know magnificent to me, and I'm like, holy shnikes, I'm playing at Wrigley Field, yeah, and then when I'm at Club Four Hundred. You look up and you see Gary Pressy's signature, and like his little his little message and the years that that organ was there. I'm like, this was this was at Wrigley, this was here for the entire career of Sosa. Yeah, yeah. this was here for the summer in '98. This is here for '03. Like, there's there's magnitude. Yeah, and gravity with this stuff. Yeah, it it. it and, and I you're, can't you're a that part go. of it, and you're a part of it, but you're also Even Johnny in the most B. minuscule way. You're like, sure. yeah, and I, I, it, I, 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 I'm a sliver in the in the span of time that that this ballpark has been a part of people's lives. But like, the fact that I, it, they, I'm included in this, the fact that the, the Cubs took me on, is, I'll never get over that ever. Yeah, the Cubs yeah, mean yeah. everything to me. I grew up a Cubs fan. It isn't just a job. This is like, I'm a fan who was hired, and now I have a job to do as a fan. But I'm still a fan. Don't don't tell them that too much. <laughs> right. You know, be right. Like, well, you see you what they, You see what they've done to us. They've never given us a dime. Yeah. So you don't want to go that way. They'll be like, "All right, well, $50 a ticket, you know, minus your salary." <laughs> they start charging you for your seat. They're like, "Hey, this is an upper deck box seat. This is worth, you know, a premium game, 80, 90 bucks." Um so well, I've I've loved every second. Um, well, not every second of the baseball of the year, but I've loved every second of hanging out with you guys. And uh, it certainly wasn't 
as terrible as it might have been baseball wise. And and hell, we were talking with Miguel Desparzo. I know you guys are both also both close with Johnny. You work with him every single day. Yeah, I love him. And yeah. uh, you know, he's the for those that don't know, he's the Spanish language broadcaster for the team. And uh, I was talking with him uh, at your house at at your new Club Four Hundred uh, Wrigleyville. Uh, and uh, I said, you know what? For a mediocre season, I certainly had a hell of a time. I really, this was the most fun under 500 cup season. I think that could exist. You know what, Danny? I think you're right. It's because we've been doing this since the last under 500 season. And uh, the, the community didn't exist back then for us. And now it's here and it's like, it's, it's a way to be able to, to weather the worst of the the things. Uh, John, I'm going to drop your Instagram in the chat right now. So if you're not following uh, John Benedict on Instagram, you should be because you're posting a lot of stuff on there also on uh, TikTok, right? Mm -hmm. Dude, you got to check out this guy's followers. He makes us look like rookies, man. Oh, I know. (laughs) That's, that's, that's the youth. And that's the beauty of you, Johnny is because you're going to be around as long as Gary. You know, knock on wood, guy. I'm, I'm a fetus compared to you guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what I mean. <laughs> I mean, I'm old enough to be your dad. You know, so like I'm looking at you as your whole generation behind, and so you could be here. You could be the last organist. So in my whole lifetime, I might have just had well, and count you and Josh too together. But I might have only had three total organists in my whole life. Or maybe Nancy Faust I could count too. Because when did yeah. Gary start? 80s, 80s, right? 80, 87. Okay, so I was 13. Yeah, by the time you started clocking. It was 86, it, yeah. Yeah, 86, yeah. 86. So I'm also going to drop club400cubs.com, uh, that yeah. website in the chat. So please go visit that so you can keep abreast on all of the goings yeah. on for this next year. Um, uh, we're going to take a quick break. And I want to hey, show. Re- real quick before we jump out of here, uh, Stuart. I got to go to the the Club 400 Wrigleyville this weekend. That was awesome. Uh, thank you so much for having me there. And uh, I was really surprised. I that's the first Club 400 lager that I've had. Oh yeah. And I will tell you, I generally don't like lagers. That was a good goddamn beer, and I just can't wait to have some more of them. Holy crap, that was good, Michael. Uh, I and that, I told you that day you come out. You know, I know you stay at Danny's over the, uh, last weekend, but you, you ever need a place to stay, man, you're welcome, dude. Your family, yeah. like us, I'm so glad to get to see you and hang mm-hmm. out with us. I mean, John actually gets first dibs. No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and John, <laughs> we have a Why did you follow it up with just kidding? Yeah. Exactly. Hey, <laughs> Tom, man, what was that? Hey, John, we, we do have a request in the chat for you for next season. So you got plenty okay. of time to work on this song. Okay. Uh, Carrie E <laughs> wants you. She wants to re- re- request "Rock the Casbah" next time St. Louis is in town. And if you do, you will have uh, the left field bleachers singing right along with you. Yeah, "Rock the Casbah." Yeah, we love that song. Rock, yeah, the, rock the yeah. We're we're yeah. I, I, here, big I will Clash say, fans. I will say this: Josh Langhoff has done that song. Oh yeah. yes, okay. I'm just saying, you guys got to pay attention, man. Yeah, we do. <laughs> the, dude always... was a, the dude was and is a music journalist. Yeah. His music library is insane. I would love to have you. You know, we're going to do that this offseason. We're going to have you and Josh on at the same time. And we're going to do like a whole talk music show and have a great time. And there's a there's a music. He'll shoot me under the rug. 
Well, I mean, we're not going to have to do trivia, but we can do dueling piano. (laughs) Okay, fine. (laughs) So I'm going to play just a quick three-minute video for Club 400 Palooza, uh, just so you can kind of see the fun we had on that rooftop that day. It's freaking incredible. Oh, yeah, Uh, great. Yeah, there's, this is on YouTube as well, but I'm going to play it here right now. And uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to have infield fly girl join us. We're going to go through some Cub stats still to come. Uh, we're expecting Joe Kilgallen at some point, but uh, he said he's having uh, some issues with transportation right now. Um, and uh, either way, I've got a video with him uh, talking about Hologram Harry, which I'd like to share with everybody because it's freaking funny. Uh, Cody Del Mendo from Chuggo is going to be on. Uh, Dom, the director of morale, Alex Pat from the Bill Swirsky, Swirsky sports talk. Easy for me to say Sarah Sanchez from cup of cubby blue captain Cubbo, my tie guy and a real live Reds fan who we spanked their team today. He'll be on very funny guy who, you know, Billy DeVore. So, um, thank you guys both. I'll see you this winter. Hopefully it won't be too long before we all hang out again and play some music and party with the Cubs and freaking enjoy each other's company. Oh, Cubs December seventeenth, man. We want hey, you guys out there with us doing Cubs Tom, carols. Tom Warman is getting married this uh, this weekend on Saturday, and uh, Tom's a uh, one of the greatest memorabilia collectors in Chicago. He knows everybody, so looking forward to seeing him this weekend. Johnny, would love to go out for wings for you soon. I'm going to get you the grilled ones, not the fried. Okay, nine hundred feet away from my apartment <laughs> is the best wings in Chicago. I'm telling you, <laughs> they are. They are. But thank you guys for having us on. Because of the motto, the Cubs fan helping Cubs fans, I think it means more than just putting on the pinstripes and uh, wearing the uniform out there. You're representing a generational fan base, which is truly amazing, and it's just awesome to play in front of. along the streets and the fans know who you are they know your family they're with you whether you win or you lose and just to have you know that support and that love and you know showing that they impact our lives just as much as we impact theirs i think goes a long way not only an outstanding baseball player but he's an outstanding person let's give a big club 400 welcome to patrick wisdom everybody thank you thank you Happy to be here and play in Wrigley and play alongside uh, these teammates that we have in this clubhouse that we have. The city of Chicago is always behind you, and you can't beat it, honestly. It's just, it's been amazing.
you know, it's just awesome that the community can come together and rally around the Cubs, and then we can also provide awareness for charities and pick up people when they need lifting up. Um, so, you know, Cubs fan helping Cubs fans, I'm all about it. Welcome back to the Rancher Roundtable, and welcome to the Rancher Roundtable. IFG and Field Fly Girl in the history. Hi, hey, Hi everybody. Hey, um, what's up, IFG? The Mariners' good luck charm, apparently. Yes, I'm 15 and two this year. So oh, nice. Well, so when are you moving to Chicago? Because we need uh, that kind of uh, mojo over here, if you will. Gosh, please. I would love to, honestly. So we'll see I, what the future holds. So, so I've got to ask you, uh, we were uh, kind of just talking about, like, despite the year that this team has had uh, under 500, certainly was a good time, was it not? And you seem to agree with that sentiment in the chat, especially considering it was your first trip to Wrigley. It was. It was awesome, man. It's my 24th year as a Cubs fan and my first time going home. So it was it was amazing. Um, I was able to do four games in three days. I had a day-night doubleheader at Wrigley Field. I got to do the off-day tour. I got to hang out with you and Sarah and my Thai guy and Bleacher Jeff, and it was an incredible experience. Yeah, it's it's kind of like one of those things. It's like it's the old win or lose, we booze kind of mentality. Which Absolutely. But it's it's a little bit frightening, I think, for Cubs fans to think this way because, like, at the end of the show, I'm going to be debuting. Uh, it's well, it's an old song, Cup Snake Guy from the Bleacher Bum Band. But I I took a bunch of the pictures of the Cup Snake people that I've taken over the course of the year, and I put them in this video, including two videos of me chopping the snakes in half. So, in in this video, and there's a lot. There are so many cups of beer being stacked, thousands and thousands across left field, right field. And it's just like the crowd is packed. We're having an awesome time. The team's under 500. So I think the fear is that there's going to be just not the, I don't know, impetus, the uh, motivation for the owners to move on really signing players, especially if you can have fun prospects like morale and guys like that. So what, where do you see that? Where do you see this offseason? They said they'd spend. I, I hate speculation because um, I'm not very good at it. But Me too. Yeah, I know, know. I've got like three oil wells just doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like, you know, we all know that the, the actual profits are so far disconnected from individual fan spending to be almost meaningless. Like there's... There's no one-to-one, like, I'm going to stop watching the Cubs and then they're going to be sad because they've lost all of my money. You know, it's... There would have to be, what, I think years before it would actually hurt anything. Um, So I don't know. I think I'm here to have fun. Um, I don't want to 
take I want I don't want to make myself miserable because the billionaires who own the team don't want to spend money. I'm I'm going to have fun going to the baseball game no matter what because I have a limited amount of time on this earth in which to watch baseball games. Yeah. And and the players aren't the problem and they're always exactly. out there playing as hard as they can and there's always somebody to find uh Every on the time. field to to at least you know sort of get behind and and hope that they do well so I am wearing my PJ Higgins jersey right now. Yeah, well, and, you know, there's been quite a few. I'm going to put up just the, the Cubs offense I on mean, the year. You mentioned PJ Higgins. You know, I've got the, the all the players separated by OPS here. Higgins ends up in the middle of the, the pack here. 693 I'm so proud. OPS. Um, ends up uh, with, let's see, one. Uh, wait, no, what am I? Look, six home runs. He even hit a triple. <laughs> He's playing catcher. <laughs> he's playing third base. At, uh, uh, he's playing third base. He's playing first base. Um, he ends up. I mean, th- for a back for a backup catcher, first base, third base, utility kind of uh, that kind of guy. He did pretty well. Um, y- you look at PJ Higgins and somebody like that on the periphery of the of the roster, and the fact that Wilson Contreras seems to be on his way out unless he takes some kind of qualifying offer. Um, I mean, where do you see the catcher situation there? I mean, is is this like a Gomes Higgins platoon next year? Like, or do they? I mean, oh my we, god, we gotta talk about Wilson. That's the elephant in the room, and I'm going to ask this of everybody. Sure, you know, it's it's so difficult. Like, I of course want them to keep Wilson forever. Uh, the reality is, there's a really good chance that that's not going to happen. Can PJ and I? I don't think i'm terribly happy with either of them being a primary honestly um it's like having two backups as your catchers yeah like we need we would have to go buy somebody um i don't know who's available well uh, i'll tell you vasquez here they are here's your (laughs) catchers that are christian vasquez (laughs) yeah i mean it's pretty uh, old it's an older crew and here they are listed by f war um wilson of course with the highest f war at five point Three, but he is 31 years old. And then uh, from there, it's Mike Zanino, Omar Navarez, Gary yeah. Sanchez, Christian Vasquez, who's only worth 1.6 war, is also 31 years old, obviously cheaper yeah. than Wilson would be. And then Molina's retiring. He's in this list, though. Uh, Tucker Barnhart. And now you're getting into under sub sub one war guys. So I don't yeah. know. No, everything's a downgrade is pretty much what you're looking at. Right. Yeah. And it's and it's which downgrade is the most favorable. And, you know, I mean, in my heart of hearts, I want Christian Vasquez to go back to the Red Sox because he's happy there. Um, Let's trade in this Cadillac for a Ford. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, well, like if if you're going to get rid of the Cadillac and I would much rather not get rid of the Cadillac, please let me keep my Cadillac. But if I have to get rid of the Cadillac, I would rather get the Ford than a scooter. Right. So like you're going to, you're going to get, unfortunately the Ford is actually Higgins and Gomes is the scooter. I mean, we got a 693 OPS with Higgins and a 625 OPS for uh, Gomes. So it's actually, but is, but is PJ going to carry, you know, 90 games? Well, and also uh, this is replacing a Wilson Gutierrez who led the team in OPS and home runs. Right. So, Which means that you need to oh, no, add huge no, offense somewhere wisdom, else. Wisdom had 25. Contreras had 22. 
Well, oh, yeah. still, I mean, you have to get those 22 home runs somewhere else, somewhere so you else. have to add offense somewhere. You know, yeah, buy because... me a really big bat for a third baseman. I mean, right. And then, and so, and then you're talking about that. Like, do you trust, like, is wisdom the answer there? Because he pretty much only plays third, maybe first. Like, there's a lot of moving parts of this offense. And I feel like any part of it could be upgraded at any given time. Well, you can definitely, you know, upgrade a 35% strikeout rate. I, you know, I adore Patrick Wisdom, but. Yeah, he does hit, you know, he hits some towering, beautiful homers. But uh, even though batting average is an antiquated, stupid stat these days, uh, it needs to be better than the 207 that he hit. So, you know. Yeah, yeah and that's the thing. It's like, and you look at that. It, I'm going to put it up there again, the, the the offense here. You look at somebody like Fran Mil Reyes, and you're like, sure, okay. I mean, five home runs isn't enough for a 234 average, though. And, you know, it's just like they do they all do the one thing but they don't do it all like there's nobody that's hitting for average and power and the only people that are are like that are on their way out yeah wilson and hap and so you're like well how much are you going to reset this you're hoping say a suzuki with a healthier year next year is definitely you know uh, a bigger part of the, the the offensive situation but you don't necessarily need him to be, you know, your your main offensive, uh, you know, juggernaut. You need something else. Um, I want to bring right. somebody into this conversation who's looked at this team all year, been talking about it all year, all over the brand new CHGO, or as we call it on this uh-huh. show, Chuggo. Um, <laughs> it's just faster and more expedient. Sorry, Cody. I've never. You're never we gonna grab listen. the beer and we say Chuggo. Do we say no, Chuggo okay. and we drink? Yeah. yeah, no, so, it's, you're not the only one. Dude. <laughs> I, I, I think I said that last time you had me on. It's I know. Well, partly the reason they do that is my fault because I won't. You just, up. yeah. It, it's time to lean into it. That's all. That's all we, I have to say. Lean uh, we definitely like embrace it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, welcome, Cody. Everybody, this is Cody IFG and feel fly girl, Cody. And uh, you you were at, on the last rant around table mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. and uh, you know we talked about you know, kind of where you saw this team um, going. And I think that was before the trade deadline. And we, and I think we were all blindsided by that. And so still re- remaining on this team is the number one offensive uh, t- player on the team, Wilson Contreras, Ian Happ, uh, number two, pretty much in that category. Um, so now where do you see this going from here? I mean, a lot of question marks. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people, like, don't want to look at, you know, a lot of a lot of more pessimistic people want to you know don't want to take a lot of what happened the second half into like what could happen next year. Like I totally get that because the roster, at least we hope, will be a lot different next year. But um, you know, for guys like Contreras, um, you know, around here, Luke and Ryan especially think he's probably not going to return. I'm I'm holding out some hope just because. You know, I, I'd probably think a little bit differently if um, uh, if Miguel Amaya was was healthy and 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 been playing more games and you know, uh, Moises Ballesteros really took a big jump in the minors this year, top twenty prospect in the Cubs system now. But I mean, he's in Myrtle Beach this year, so like you're probably at least another couple years away. So and and that's if everything goes perfect, because right, right. 
we it's, don't a lot of these guys that we get excited about in Myrtle Beach never make it to Wrigley Field. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, you were really hoping if you look at uh, Miguel Amaya now on the 16th on this list anyway, and he mm-hmm. was hurt a, a bunch this year. Then he got hurt again. And so, that, you know, that just all sets a guy back. And so, you know, I'm sure they were hoping that he was going to be just like, okay, Wilson's out. Here comes Amaya. And then you got Balsteros behind that. And, you know, we'll supplement with this and that here and there with your Gian Gomes and PJ Higgins of the world. But that doesn't seem to be like, yeah. Um, what will happen now? Here's what I think is going to yep. happen, and it, just if as I look at my tea leaves, he's going to take the the qualifying offer. Yeah, I and, mean, and and we're going to say goodbye to him 17 more times next season. <laughs> and it's just like the whole season, just us clapping. It was like, how many more times do we have to do this? And Wilson's on the field with his hat here, and we're like, God damn it, that's enough. Right. Well, you know, <laughs> just play the last one. I. Here to- it's weird how this season has gone for me because like at the beginning of the year, I was all aboard the extend Wilson Contreras. Like that should be your number one priority. And now it's more of like my fourth or fifth priority for the Cubs this off season. And what, okay. So what, know, are, what are your priorities in, on, on top of that? Well, I mean, obviously we're not going to probably, I mean, odds are we won't sign him. So was it a matter of, once you resigned yourself, then you found other things to look at, or did other things actually get more important than well, resigning? You know, we've Wilson. seen other players play, and we've seen debuts from other guys. I mean, no one thought Christopher Morell was going to be what he is, and Hayden Wesneski has been very fun to watch. And like he, to me, he's kind of—I know it's a very small sample size—but he's kind of, you know, convinced me maybe he could be bottom of the rotation type guy. To start his career, maybe, you know, maybe the ceiling is higher as his career goes on. But, like, a lot of those guys – and then on top of the fact that there's been a lot of rumors all season about how the Cubs are going to spin. And I know I know you guys, like – I know you, you, you're, you don't want to believe it until you see it. But even if, if Ken Rosen – No, we want to believe it. We if, just haven't We would seen love it, right? to believe it. We would just Ken love Rosenthal, any reason to believe it. Right. If Ken Rosenthal <laughs> is saying that the Cubs are going to spin, then – I mean, I'll have a little bit more hope than a lot of people would. So I'm just saying that, like, you look at this roster right now and you see what Jan Gomes did on the defensive side, at least, in helping all these young pitchers out. He's I'm not saying he should be your starting catcher, but he's definitely got a solid role as your backup. Um, if you If the Cubs go get a Correa or Bogarts or Trey Turner and, you know, sign a – a, a starting pitcher or, or somebody add some depth and then you incorporate, you know, Brennan Davis next year and a few, you know, just do the, do, do some of these other things. I think I can get past Contreras not being on this roster just based off his age. And I, you know, I don't so, know if he will, I don't know if he'll have a better season than he had this year. And the, he got hurt again in the second half. That's something that has happened like almost every year of his career. I, I, to me, I'd rather if, if you if you want me to tell them how to spend money, I'd rather them spend money on on the things I said I just said rather than giving him like a five year extension. Like, and I see I, now. I'll have, I'm going to have to disagree with you here, okay? Because Wilson Contreras is a great athlete and just because he is a catcher right now there is no reason that 
a five-year contract would ever go bad with him because if he can't catch for some reason, he can easily move to first base or third base, which was his original uh, position, or the outfield. I mean, well, he is a he is a, a very ugly. versatile player. You will never run your your contract is never going to go bad with him. And if all else fails, I am going to throw up a little bit in my mouth. DH. Say it. DH. Yeah, it's Say a it real, out loud. It's a real thing, it's, Michael. It, the ship has sailed. There's a I, I, but I fucking hate it. I, I would I, look even. Keeping Wilson Contreras won't make me like the fucking DH. It's 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 a garbage fucking position, and uh, but but if that is part of the league, then I don't see an argument for not paying for a player like Wilson Contreras. It's it just doesn't make any sense to for me. For me, it's the a lot of the intangibles too. What he brings to the team, like we saw what he did with Morrell, like yeah. getting him to hit that home run that one time by just telling him to breathe. Like the dude's up there, like Miyagi, freaking a Morrell whispering, and but it's just like you know, it's, it's tough furniture. to give that up. He's I I mean he's part of the brickwork at this point. He's been here forever. Yeah. There are, there's a there's an entire young generation of Cubs fans who has never known the Chicago Cubs without Wilson Contreras. Yeah, for sure. No, again, I'm and I'm not saying that I don't want him. I just, you know, when you look at how well the team played in the second half, I mean, he wasn't that big a part of it. And yeah. the it, so the the thought process that you guys are having related mm-hmm. to him is is probably more just as an overview more than like what I'm seeing right what I saw in the second half and. Again, if you want to you, you want to take the second half with a grain of salt, that's fine. I just you know I really thought that you got to see a lot of guys emerge as trying to find a role for next year. I mean, I regardless think- of how many guys emerge, you're still taking the best player on the team and Off getting of rid of him. Um, I mean, yeah. think about and any he- other team in the league. Would you tell them to get rid of their best player? Well, I mean, I'm someone. I think Ian Happ's the best player on the team personally, but you know. They're close yeah. as far as like offensively. If you look up their numbers right there, it's like, you know, Wilson with a little bit more pop um, mm-hmm. Hap with all the doubles, though. And that's pretty valuable. So he slugs it uh, just as much as Wilson does. And, you know, he played in more games, uh, but that's also, you know, left field versus catcher. Um, they played yeah. in 40 more games. So, I mean, that's quite valuable. You right. take 160 more at bats, you know, that's right. also quite valuable. I will, I will say this, guys. If if they don't even extend him the qualifying offer, then we shall riot. Like that will be a massive, massive screw up from this front office for not just trading him at the deadline. Uh, because if they don't extend him the qualifying offer, then they won't even get the comp pick back. Back if he if he doesn't like take well, it. You know what and I mean? the rumor is they don't like him. I mean that that's been out there for everybody knows that that's the rumor. I don't think anybody has any specifics. Or that doesn't mean they don't like him as a person. It's more of like just his style as a catcher. I think they want to go more defensive on the catching side. Most teams that have won the World Series in recent years have a defensive minded catcher. I mean that's just the the fact of the matter. That's nothing against him. And yeah, like what what you guys are saying. Like yeah, you can move him to first base. Yeah, you could give him a few, use him at DH. Maybe you know if you want to try and get him. Uh, acclimated in the outfield in a way. It's just like there's a lot of guys there. Like Matt he, he's already played in the outfield. 
Uh, yeah. I mean, we've seen him out there. Yeah, we've I've seen him out there, and it's, I mean, the great arm. I remember, yeah. I, remember I think it was in Pittsburgh, Holy right? Shit. Like 2019 or something like that. Dude, talk about great arm. Yeah. I was at the game on Sunday, and he comes out and he starts playing long toss, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, he starts moving back and he starts moving back and I'm watching him throw and there's no arc to his throw. It's just a frozen rope, right? Further and further back, frozen rope. And then he goes all the way. So we're in left field. The guy he's playing catch with about 20 feet from the uh, track. He goes all the way to the wall on the right field line and starts throwing baseballs. 10 rows deep into the bleachers just I for mean, fans. Yeah. I, I've never seen killing fans. Like like, no, he literally killed four <laughs> fans that day. It's he, and, he and, and people were taking the fans home and mounting them on their wall, yeah, like getting them signed and shit. Like yeah. they're like, I got a fan that Wilson killed. Like, they I were can't. so excited to yeah. have a dead person game they killed fans. It's a, it's a new thing. <laughs> So, yeah. um, but, but it was amazing that arm, yeah. man. Yeah. Well, let's, I, let's move off Wilson for a moment, just cause I, I, I have a feeling he's going to come up a little bit later when Sarah Sanchez comes on the show, considering it's I can't play. imagine she'd want to talk about him. So, but, again, um, I, I just want to say that like, I'm not against bringing him back. It's just like, not my top priority. I just think the Cubs have found some guys. And if you insert a few of these free so, agents, maybe, and then, you know, then after that, then you can figure that out. I just, you know, I think that they really need to go get themselves a middle infielder that can pair with Nico Horner and and a starting pitcher for sure. I think those are bigger. I think that's a bigger issue than Contreras because I don't so think what's your the market for seconds. What's your thirty second answer for where you're getting those catcher innings from next year? Uh Again, it would be someone. Obviously, it would be someone else. Is that one of these guys? He definitely would have to get someone else. I'll take an Omar. Give me Omar. Answer. It'll be someone else. (laughs) Yeah, it'll be someone else. Different guy. Yeah. Well, you you could say you you. uh, We could say that we heard it here first from you, Cody. That it'll be (laughs) those innings. I don't know. Breaking news. Breaking yeah. news. So uh, we're, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to bring uh, the director of morale on to join the conversation. I want to start with uh, just a real – if you can hang with us, Cody, uh, a little yeah. bit longer. And then yeah. – uh, and I want to talk about maybe some starting pitching. And I know everybody wants a little upgrade. I might want to talk about the Cubs starters. Uh, and also just kind of like the state of Cubs fandom with the, the, the master of morale. But uh, we're going to take a, a quick break, and we'll be right back. All over Chicagoland, there are thirsty, frazzled, overworked Cubs podcasters who are struggling to survive one more baseball season in the dog-eat-dog world of unpaid content creation. But it doesn't have to be this way. You can make a difference. Become a super ranter at patreon.com slash sunranto, where your support ensures that poor, sad, pathetic, ugly, loser Cubs podcasters can pay for tickets and beer, and in turn, line the pockets of the baseball agarch Ricketts family. Just $1 a month can buy a scorecard. $5 a month can pay for guitar strings to write a Cubs song. And $10 a month almost buys one beer at Wrigley Field. 
Cubs content creators are the lowest pieces of pond scum garbage that slither over the face of this planet. But super ranters help them get drunk and screw off at baseball games. What do you get out of it? The Sun Ranto Show delivered to your podcatcher without stupid advertisements like the one you're seeing and hearing right now. Plus, at other Super Rancher levels, you can get Cubs music, access to private Sun Ranto pages, the Ranter calendar, and special thanks and Ranter recognition in our live broadcasts, plus eligibility for monthly prizes. What does Sun Ranto get out of it? Your money. For tickets and beer. Go to patreon.com slash sunranto. That's patreon.com slash sunranto. And become a Super Ranter today. And once again, this uh, Ranter Roundtable is being brought to you by our 106, uh, actually 107 Patreon supporters. Michael, your impassioned plea got somebody to jump on right at the beginning of the, beginning of the show. Um, he was one of our lapsed subscribers, too. Nice. Mike, Thank I'll you for coming it was. back. It was, Mike, it was Michael Cantor. It was Michael welcome, Cantor. Welcome back to Wrigley. Hi. Yeah. He, he, he must, his, his credit card probably got canceled, something like that. So uh, we're going to bring on... Mr. Morale, Dom, can you hear us? Uh, Frederick, are, are you there? Yes, I can hear you. What's Hi, up, welcome, Hi, welcome Dom. back, oh, welcome back God. to the Sunranto Show. You know, Cody, we've we've been on the Twitter Spaces. Uh, me, Cody, I think IFG was on there maybe once or twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been hosting these uh, Twitter Spaces, and I, I tell you, I really enjoy them. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a good time. So let let me ask you, what is the state? of you think morale of the Cubs fandom right now, the attendance is a little down. I got some numbers on that. Um, It's uh, Michael, you had something on this, right? The the sellouts, there was no sellouts at all. There were. Yeah. Because uh, one of our questions in the preseason was over under sellouts at Wrigley this year at 0.5 and they did not go over. Yeah, so wow. no sellouts, and uh, overall the attendance I, I believe was eleventh. Yeah, so yeah, I went and I looked real quick. The uh, the overall attendance they were eleventh in the league with uh, two million six hundred sixteen thousand. Uh, average at home was thirty two thousand three hundred. Uh, so that was seventy seven percent of capacity overall for well and those numbers are bullshit because that's not who's in those parks like they announced twenty two thousand the other day there were eleven thousand there you know it's just like you know i that's maybe the tickets they sold we're seeing like them blow through the season ticket holder list like we're you know they're everybody's a number is up now they're doing yeah. all this they're pulling Cody's out the numbers stops. Up. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> so so Danny I was interested in that a little bit and I wanted to see what this season would rank like when's the last time we had this low a number obviously not counting 21 or 20 because that that wasn't enough games uh i had to go back to 2014 and it was 2,652,000 it was actually still better and i was surprised by that uh so 2014 was the last like real bad year and they still had more fans, and so and and then they they added ble- they added seats since then. Yeah, there's uh, more seats now too. So then I started looking. I'm like, wow, when's the last time they were worse than this? 
I couldn't find it because it only has numbers from this century. So in the 2000s, all of them, this is the worst season for attendance for the Chicago Cubs. I think Megan Montemuro from the Tribune tweeted something about how it's the lowest since 1997. Wow. Something like that. Tweeted it a few days ago. We, We talked about it on the podcast a little bit. So, Dom, how's morale? <laughs> <laughs> what are you thinking? I mean, what, what do those numbers say to you? And, and uh, you know, and from the eyeball test of what you're seeing in the crowd, because I've seen two different things. I'm seeing kind of breaking up. Yeah. No, I, no. So we got you. I think we're losing you. No. Yeah, you're kind of breaking up. Let me see if I can change my wire. Uh, be better now, maybe. Yeah, you're, you're sounding a little bit better. Danny? Just keep, yeah, yeah, we got you. Or we don't. The, yeah, there's the podcast radio podcast gold. Podcast gold. Yeah, once at again. least the people watching on YouTube can look at our four gorgeous faces during the, the yeah, silence. Just waiting <laughs> for the director of morale. <laughs> um, four of us. Can you hear me now? Well, yes, we got you. All right. No, I was going to say this is a tale of two seasons, really. I mean, you have the beginning of the year where. Obviously, I mean, many Cubs fans knew that this was going to be a tough season, but we didn't think it would be as tough as it was leading into it. We would hope that we would have, you know, somewhat important games being played in June and July before the trade deadline. Obviously, that didn't happen, and they I'm not saying they totally, uh, you know, corrected things and uh, fixed all the wrongs by the front office at the beginning of the year, but obviously when you have, a, you know, young pitching staff that showed up like they did, and David Ross keeping everything together, and Nico Horner having a fantastic season, and said Saya finishing strong. Um, I think morale's pretty good. It's better than when the last time we talked. Now, there's a lot of things that have to be uh, answered. Obviously, free agency is going to be enormous. This offseason is going to be enormous. But I would, re- I, I just look at this this season uh, split into two. And now that we're on the back half of it, now that we pretty much accepted what this season was. Hopefully, we're going to springboard ourselves into a fantastic offseason and hopefully into a competitive 2023. At least that's the standard I'm going to hold this team to. Well, I'll put up some uh, team uh, win-loss splits here, and this does not include today because baseball reference doesn't like – I guess they just don't do it. Uh, They have about a 24-hour delay on that. But they have uh, 37 and 44 on the home – at home and on the road. So they were equally under 500 on the road. There's nothing to look at there. Um, So overall, 74 and 88. Uh, And then – but you look at that August of 15 and 15, and this is all after the trade deadline in the September of 16 and 11, where you're just kind of picking it up um, with – you know, without that just horrendous June and April, you know, I mean, you can't throw that stuff away, but you know, you're still kind of putting the team together at those times. Like they didn't really even, I didn't, Morel didn't even come up till May, you know? So it's like, yeah. And you know, this is a team that tried had, that had Andrelton Simmons on it at <laughs> kind of, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, uh, Ildemaro Vargas was a, a unfortunately big part of this team at some point, you know? Um, and then you kind of switch those guys around for, yeah. for different names and, and it, and it seemed to work. So you didn't even figure out who your hot hand was in the end. So do you kind of, so what does this team need? Like Cody, you talked about your priorities here. Um, you know, you, 
upgrading at least from uh, the offense at one of the positions to replace something like a Wilson, if not add to Wilson. And then on the other side of it, you know, it's top end starter. And that's kind of where I want to talk to you guys about it. We, we saw a lot of guys emerge this year, but you're going to need to slot it back. We don't know what's happening with Hendricks. Here's who's available. I'm putting up the list here. Um, this is by war. Um, some of them are opt-out situations and club options. But uh, is there anybody on this list that you're thinking about that would do exactly that and slot all our young guys back? Um, Dom, I'll say Yeah, I mean, you. Danny, we, gotta, we, have to, we have to shop at the top of the market. There, there's no excuses otherwise. I mean, this, this team – and this young starting pitching staff, granted, they had a fantastic September and October. Wisniewski was a big part of that. Obviously, Justin Seals has been hurt, but we saw what he did throughout the season. They need a frontline guy. They need a, they need a John Lester type. Again, I'm not trying to totally run it back with what we did in 2015 and try to make all the same moves like uh, for nostalgia purposes. But um, you, you need a John Lester type signing, and I think it starts with the starting pitching. When you have your – uh, overall pitching staff, um, you know, ranked 27th in F war uh, throughout the year. Uh, that's the first place you go to. And obviously they need bats. I mean, everybody knows that. It's going to be a huge offseason, but you need a frontline guy that can take the pressure off Justin Steele. Wesnitsky, if he's in the starting rotation, you don't know what's going to happen with Killian. Keegan Thompson, is he a swing man? Is he a starter? And then what's happening with Hendricks? So while we did, you know, have some promise at the end of the year, it has to be bolstered by a frontline guy. Yeah, it'd be fantastic if it was Jacob DeGrom. It would be great if it was Carlos Rodon. Obviously, he doesn't have the same cachet as uh, DeGrom. But we got to be at the top of the at the top of the market. We we can't be you know uh, you know trying to find uh, bottom feeder deals like we have been over the last couple of years. And, and those happen. are and those guys, both the guys you just mentioned, both have to opt out in order to even yep. be available. So, Cody, do you see anybody that's just a straight sign that? You know, on this list, or is there anybody? Uh, Shamanaya has been someone that I've eyed. Uh, you know, I, to be honest, I, I haven't watched a ton of him, but you know, whenever you're talking about guys who were definitely going to be free agents, and I expect Rodon to opt out, but you know, you the way you ask the question, yeah, Manaya is one of those other guys who I don't think will. I mean, Degrom and Rodon are going to demand a lot of money, and Manaya, you know. He's 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 proven to be a very solid major league starter for multiple years. I mean, uh, I know I said you know they get, they they need a frontline starter, a, a, a guy, um, but I'm also you know when I think about how the Cubs could spend, I, I'm I'd also be okay if they got a guy like Minaya and then invested more money on offense. And Dom referenced you know you know how they did things in 2014 going into what was the golden era. What, how did they build the system? They had a bunch of position players, and then they bought the pitching. Well, it's kind of the opposite now. They have a lot of pitching. And I know that the season was bad, uh, but, you know, they got a guy like Hayden Wesneski, who I think has a high, high upside. And so maybe this time around the Cubs invest more money on offense than on the pitching. But that said, yeah, they need to go get a starter. Um, and, and, yeah. and, and, it may, and it would be – it would put them – much higher, a much higher team if they get a guy like Rodon or DeGrom. But say those guys don't opt out, then you're kind of like, well, all right, Sean Mania. Like, that's, that's I, I think that would be a very solid arm. 
Well, that. even with DeGrom or Rodon, there's, I think there's a lot more questions than, I mean, there's not a John Lester in this group, really. Maybe right. an Aaron Nola, but that's a club option. It's never happening. Um, so there's nobody like that in this group. And if you get a choice between DeGrom and Rodon, you're literally flipping a coin because you don't know how they're going to hold up. But I would take Rodon over. I, I, I actually think Rodon is a little bit more. Uh, durable. Than but he's the, he also get, has the speed, you know, and that's the yeah. one thing that Cubs have always been lacking. They're all this like pitch to contact stuff. Um, but and also, but I'm I still have, not exactly happy about their options, really. No, it's not. It's not a great class for pitching. It just there's, there's not a slam dunk on there. But yeah. one, how one funny would it be? How funny would it be if they brought Quintana back? Well, I mean, <laughs> he had a hell, he had a hell of the end of the year, but you know, it won't be good for us. That'll never. I, I would out. laugh so hard I'd cry. Yeah. But, I would uh, not laugh. I would probably scream and yell a lot. <laughs> it's already bad enough. He's in St. Louis, and he's like in the in the at the end of a bounce back year that been we, we've been waiting for for like two years. I yeah. Think. Well, he's going to be on the mound when they win the World Series, so just get ready for that. Oh, well, I know, Danny. I know. I'm preparing <laughs> myself. I know. Yeah. I'm are you Are you ready to be hurt so again? This offseason. Hate watching so hard this October. Yeah, exactly. It's all it's going to be. We should just get together of it. He's allowed to just hate watch the Cardinals games. Um, I, I, IFG, I want to ask you about one more pitcher. Um, yeah. Kodai, because you watch a lot of Asian baseball, baseball played in Asia. But uh, people, and Crawley brought him up. I believe we've talked about it a little bit. Kodai yeah. Senga. Yes, pitcher Senga. from Japan. And this guy's like a super stud. He is more of your like John Lester type that has that kind of pedigree, at least in Japan. How do you think uh, that would transfer over? He's, you know, I very openly, it's, uh, I mostly box score watch uh, Japanese baseball. I'm, you know, I know a lot more about the Taiwanese league than I do the Japanese league. So there are other people you can ask that know way, way more about Senga than I do. Um, but what I do know is he is a really solid, well-respected guy. He's got a career ERA of like two and a half or something like that. Like no, he's been a total stud. Yeah. Absolute stud. He is career ERA insane. Of we are afraid of him. You will you hear that it's Senga Day and you're like, ah oh, crap, it's Senga Day. Like he's that guy. Like like Jake Day, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, man. Ten ten it's, strikeouts per nine versus uh point six home runs per nine. Uh, 3.4 walks per nine. I mean, that would just cost you money. And I, I guess there's something and that the, you don't have to do the posting thing. Yeah. And all so that the stuff cool thing. Either. So, so like when we signed Saya, there was the money that we have to pay Saya. And then there's the money that we had to pay the team because they were losing Saya. Right. So yeah. it's that, it's that posting fee. Um, the SoftBank Hawks, which is, uh, it's the team that Senga's on. It's the Fukuoka SoftBank Hawks. They don't, they just don't participate in that posting system just as a rule. They just don't. Um, it's beneath them or something. So there's no posting fee to get Senga. He is a free agent. He can sign where he wants to. And if he chooses us, then yay. Um, and I think we want him. Yeah. And it would be great to have another <laughs> Japanese player on the team because. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, well, number one, somebody to hang out with. Uh, you know, for Saya to hang out with, but also you're bringing a guy in and he would have uh, a couple of people there to, you know, help show mm -hmm. him the ropes. Unlike 
you know, what say I had to do kind of by himself, you know, yeah. which is really, really hard. Uh, and by the way, Danny, uh, I loved what you said earlier. And my fantasy baseball team next year is going to be called Japanese John Lester. <laughs> I think that's a it's, terrible name, but yeah, get, just, I'm, I'm pretty well. Danny, I mean, you got all explain to us, ja- explain to us John Lester's position in Japanese history, please. Oh yeah, uh, this this is a throwback. Michael, nobody knows what you're talking about. I did, see. I did explain the history of Japan to my friend earlier. This is Tatsuya, uh, my friend Tatsuya, uh, drinking his first shot of Lord. I'll just play it real quick. Banzai, Banzai. As you can see, he he absolutely loved it. This is I, 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 I <laughs> Buffalo <history>. Bill there. <laughs> <laughs> Put the lotion on in the basket. Um, but I, uh, I uh, Dom, before we lose you here, um, I wanted to b- bring up one of my favorite uh, tweets about the Milwaukee Brewers that you tweeted on April 9th. You were early on this. Um, you you tweeted in all caps. Let me relay the message for people confused about the Milwaukee Brewers. They have nothing, no championships, no history. Chicago owns their stadium and the, and they give away free tickets for buying a tank of gas or a $5 footlong. Christian Yelich is cursed. Please reread. If you need clarification, 2,172 <laughs> likes at last, at last. Danny, it hasn't, Danny, it hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. It's been exactly the same. I think it's 58 years running. Listen, I know they had a better season. I know uh, they they beat us by 11 games, whatever it was, but they continuously have nothing. They are are an absolute joke of a franchise. They're a team who, when the year, the the years where the Cubs are literally, you know, pissing it down the toilet because they didn't want to compete, they're out here trading their best reliever, uh, you know, literally when they're in first place and they totally cough it up to the Cardinals and don't even make it into the playoffs. Christian Yelich, listen, if you haven't if you haven't given in by now to the fact that he's cursed, I don't know what to tell you. He's totally fallen off the map ever since he decided to tweet that about you, Darvish, that no one needed help facing him. He told me to my face in Milwaukee that he would put on the bad news shirt. He never did. That's why the curse lives on. That's why over, you know, 300 games now, he's a league average player. And I actually think, I truly believe this, I think his contract will be worse than Jason Hayward. I truly believe that. Because I, I, he, he's not as good a defender as Jason. Um, and listen, he's getting older. The, the bat, like, he can't just keep doing this thing where he's hitting singles. After a while, it's going to catch up to him. And uh, listen, there's 156 mil left on his deal. I think it could be worse than Jason Hayward, and that's saying something. Yeah, and they can't and uh, I mean, given that they're giving away tickets for sandwiches, yeah, uh, you know, it's good luck, uh, you know, making up that money because Dan, 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 they be- give away tickets for $5 footlongs, they give away tickets for a tank of gas, they give away tickets for opening a new bank account for some place in Wisconsin, they give away new tickets for buying windshield wiper fluid at your local gas station. It's an absolute joke, and I swear to God, if anyone says otherwise, and if any Milwaukee Brewers fans wants to come up at me and say, oh, no, Dom, the Cubs, no, 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 no. You guys are an absolute disgrace and a joke to Major League Baseball. 
Dom, you say this like it's a bad thing, but it sounds to me like the Brewers are keeping the entire state running. I mean, without the Brewers giving away tickets, nobody's going to the bank. Nobody's going to the gas station. They're not going to Subway. You're right, but it's really like the, you know, um, you know, the shots that the Brewers take at the Cubs all the time, right, about not having a roof over the stadium. Like, who the hell cares? It's a goddamn baseball game. Or the fact that we don't have a parking lot by our feet. Like, who the hell cares? Like, like these types of stuff. When you, again, shelling out, you know, subway footlongs for tickets, it's, it's an absolute joke. Well, I actually gave tickets to Subway and got a footlong once. Hey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can trade you can in do, Brewers right, you tickets. Can do that. You can do that with Brewers tickets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I buy Brewers tickets every time I'm heading to Subway. And they, I don't know, I don't know why, but like on social media, they love to remind everyone about Game 163 in 2018, like it's the World oh, Series. And it's like that, that explains I mean, it all, man. Danny, Dan, I cannot wait for someone to tweet out the. Uh, whatever, uh, fifth place in the wild card in 2022 banner that they're going to hang over home plate <laughs> to make sure everyone's aware of how the season went. 86 <laughs> wins or whatever, how many ever wins they have. It will be up there, I swear to God. I said, I said on the podcast yesterday that the Brewers missing the playoffs was like my NLCS win for this year for, for me personally. Now I need the Cardinals to lose to the Phillies or whoever, and that'll be my World Series. Yeah, who are the Cardinals playing? I, I'll put up the Phillies. 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 They got the Phillies. I need Josh Warber to launch. Kyle, come through for us. I need Kyle Schwarber to foul a ball back and break Yachty's hip. Oh, that's a good one too. I'd take that. Violet. Yeah, yeah I, I, I would take that too. Most overrated <laughs> athlete in professional sports. Don't yeah. get me started about that, Danny. Yeah, I know. Don't don't then we're going to have to hear about either. Jason Kendall again. <laughs> yeah, same career war, Danny. And low, <laughs> listen, uh, uh, lower games played for Jason Kendall. We don't see Jason Kendall getting, you know, uh, full-on parade at Wrigley Field, which was a disgrace, by the way. We don't see Jason oh, Kendall was. being talked about as, you know, uh, whatever, first ballot Hall of Famer with his friend uh, Albert Pools. Absolute disgrace. Yeah, no, that I did find that disgusting how they honored those guys at Wrigley. It just it, that can't happen. It's like you can't know, can't happen. It's just well, like Danny, we trolled Danny, ourselves. What made, yeah. Listen, what what made me mad is that it, they almost uh, camouflaged it by giving to charity, which is great. I'm not I'm not knocking that. I think it's fantastic that they donated to each of the players' respective charities. It's just the fact that they kind of wrapped it all together, and and now we're setting a precedent that any rival that we have for twenty years, we have to throw a par- uh, parade at Wrigley Field. I, I just don't like it. You know, I you're not either. throwing a parade with for Aaron Rodgers at Soldier Field. It, it's just not not going to happen. It didn't happen for Brett Favre. It's just again, I, I don't yep. like it. Hey, some, preach. some things. Yeah, I mean, you know, listen, you can respect your opponent, but you don't have to give them a hug and say they're the best thing of all time. It just doesn't need to happen. I agree. Yeah. I was. I, I'm still angry about it. Like, a, yeah, it's <laughs> the fucking dumbest shit I've ever Fireable seen. Fireable offense. Fireable offense. Yeah. Well, yeah, instead, whoever's made that decision. Yeah. Well, it's probably Crane Kenny, and, and instead they're putting him in the Hall of Fame. So <laughs> you know, nobody learned anything. Unfortunately, I know. <laughs> they do that, and then they still can't put Sammy in the Cubs Hall of Fame. Yeah. Exactly. Well, no, he he broke a radio. They you know, they, they radio. haven't given yeah, Sammy a piece of the scoreboard yet. And yeah. they gave one to no, fucking Pujols and Yachty. 
It's a joke. And I've been, listen, I've deleted probably, uh, or I've, I've typed out and then deleted tweets in my draft over the last, whatever, two weeks about, you know, I know Aaron judge is on a roll. He hit 62 last night, but, um, I've, I've been wanting to tweet about Sammy. I'm going to give Aaron judge his time, but, uh, just the fact that he's been literally treated like an outcast and we don't even talk about it anymore. And Cubs fans can't even see him at the federal landmark is, is a joke. Well, they're trying to bring him back. I know some people kind of trying to work on that right now. It's not been easy, as nothing with Sammy Sosa is ever easy, it seems. I just says where I'll leave that, you know, as a concept. Danny, and you don't have to give up Danny, you don't have to give away all the information. And I know Sammy has an ego, and deservedly so. He literally saved Major League Baseball from going in the tank. Regardless, how can it be so hard? Hey, Sammy, let's have a Sammy day. Hey, Sammy, you want to throw out the first pitch? Hey, Sammy, you want to sit behind home plate? Hey, you want to sit behind the dugout? What do you want to do? You want to sing the stretch a couple times? How hard can it be? There obviously has to be some, um, you know, uh, some overconfidence or some ego coming from the Cubs themselves and obviously the Ricketts family that's holding something up. And I'm not negating what you're saying, but how hard can it be? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not even talking about the Cubs trying to bring him back. I'm talking about other people trying to bring him back and and how difficult that is. Oh, okay. But I'm sure saying. the Cubs could probably figure it out. They, yeah. have, they have billions of dollars. And, uh, yeah. and, I mean, the guy could show up for one autograph signing and live for the rest of his life is kind of how that works, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, I want to I drop some links in the chat for both of you guys um, real quick. Uh, here's Morale Supply Company. I see you've got some new merch up. Um, um, I'm going to put it up on the screen here. This is Thank new. you, Danny. Not yeah, we, got, yeah, we put, uh, put out a new uh, sweater tonight. Uh, if you want to uh, check it out, the store has pretty much been open uh, with most of our stuff that's in there. So, yeah, check it out, MorelleSupplyGo.com. I appreciate you mentioning it. Yeah, no, absolutely. You guys got some great stuff. Um, and Thank also, you. and also, I um, have a link to the Chuggo podcast, which you guys are <laughs> are, are, are CHGO. Sorry, I always <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Uh, yeah, look, Chug, Chug, Chug. Everybody drink. Everybody drink. <laughs> Chuggo. See how, fun, see how fun it is. Oh my goodness. Yeah, you got. You know what? The CHGO people be getting drunk watching fantastic. your podcast. I, you know, I listened to obviously the Cubs stuff with Cody, but the the, the Bears stuff with uh, my guy Greg Braggs after the game. Greg, I've been yeah. After every game, it's been fantastic. They do mm-hmm. a fantastic job. Hope Cody, and, Brendan, uh, Carm, it's great. Yeah, thank you, Dom. I appreciate that. Yeah, our Bear show. As much as I wish the Cubs show was taken off, uh, I'm just being honest. Like the Bears run the city, so it gets the most. It gets the most views. Their their our YouTube channel has just hit 20,000 subscribers uh, within the last month. And I think a large part of it is because of the bears. Now, if they actually, if they'd actually be good you know, we'd really take <laughs> yeah, off. But, exactly. Um, yeah, no, uh, we yeah, deserve we, better. Yeah. I mean, uh, what do you call it? We, we got, we have a couple cub shirts you can get. If you go to allchgo.com, you can get other shirts related to the other shows and other teams in the city as well. I just dropped a link into the in the chat for your website, so the yeah. people can poke around there and see what's going on. Um, so, but I thank you guys both for coming on. It's you know Absolutely. this is part of what I said at the beginning of the year. Like for such a disappointing record for a Cub season, for as frustrating as frustrating as this season was. I got to know a lot of you guys a lot better and we had a good time talking about the Cubs and I'm like, For sure, you know, and it just was kind of fun, 
Yeah. And, and I'm agree. not going to apologize for that. Absolutely. Danny, Danny we'll have I, to have you in studio this off season. We're going to have a lot of guests because even though the season's over, we're still doing shows five days a week. Um, Bleacher so, Bump Band, have us in. Yeah. We'll play a whole concert. We got to get Bleacher Jeff in to really, really break down the whole taking of the seat thing. I don't know if anyone ever listened to that one. That we, did, <laughs> but we, we like did a whole breakdown of like how Cubs Twitter was reacting to Bleacher Jeff. Uh, someone stealing his seat at, uh, in left field. Oh, yeah. I can guarantee that he does not want to come on your show and talk about that today. <laughs> but I'll come out and, and make fun of it. <laughs> gotta, like, I'll come on and tell you the tea, man. Someone's got to spread the tea. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I, uh, yeah. That was that was an unfortunate day for all involved, I believe. You know? Yeah. But, but um, it was honestly the biggest story of the year for me. <laughs> it, it was the biggest story of the season. It might have been I mean, like this, we were, if, that if was not, talked about for a week. If to, to, say, if to it tell the, the truth, biggest story of the season. It was like at least for a good week. It was like all anything with anyone. Was I I about. would actually say it is the biggest story of the season because it launched uh, Bleacher Jeff into the consciousness, and after that, people started to realize like. Like he started talking about him and everybody started catching baseballs out there, uh, you know, homers and stuff. And next thing you know, you got Shambi, you know, mentioning him on the show. Like it all, I I really feel like it all came from him and that dude from Iowa who wouldn't get out of the rain. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Sometimes tragedy can, uh, can breed uh, success. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, well, thank you guys both. Uh, I look, I'm looking forward to uh, next year. I mean, I didn't, you know, I didn't feel like I would be, but I am. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you guys are a big part of it. <laughs> I will tell you, we were walking up to the game on, on Sunday and Danny, like walking out, out by his house and we're walking it's like a mile. And Danny's walking and he's kind of like, Oh God, this is so it's, I'm so tired. <laughs> This has been such a long season, so hard. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know if I want to keep doing this. And then, like, as soon as we get to Wrigley, we walk up the stairs, and he's like, I fucking love this. Like, I, I can't believe it's the last day. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, dude, you just fucking went 180. Yeah. <laughs> Wrigley will do that to you. keeps bringing you back. Keeps well, bringing you back. Well, well, you saw that uh, that uh, freaking Captain Cobo showed up with a giant uh, – Beer snake hand. Oh gosh, I love that. Yeah, look at this thing. So I'm like chopping cup snakes out there in the bleachers. And, uh, you know, so like this revitalized me. You know, a guy shows up, a superhero shows up with a giant hand for you to chop snakes with. And like, yeah, that's going to be you, you, you were revitalized duty. well before that. Just the walk over there. You started out rough and then you ended like a little kid going into the thing. I loved it. <laughs> so well thank you guys for coming out we'll definitely have to catch a game in the bleachers uh next year we're Absolutely. gonna go to commercial break and then we're gonna bring on alex pat and uh sarah sanchez and uh ifg if you I, I know i said that you didn't have to stay the whole time but you could stick around if you'd like i'd love to all right well let's do that but i'll let you and i'll let cody and dom go because i i told you guys i would so, um, <laughs> Yeah. Out to Alex. Those, those two had a hard out. They're like, I'm, I'm not doing this on yeah. So, all right, peace, guys. I'll see you on the stage. I'll see you at the ballpark, and I'll see you this winter, hopefully sometime. Absolutely. Yeah, guys. Cubs right. convention. Yeah. It's back. Hey, oh, uh, Cubs Christmas carols, December 17th. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, Cubs Christmas caroling, December 17th. So there's another <laughs> awesome. plug for that. All right, so uh, we'll be right back. Thanks, guys. 
This is a Cubs fan buying tickets from the Cubs. And this is a Cubs fan buying tickets through the StubHub link at sunrancho.com slash StubHub, knowing that 4% of their ticket purchase will go to the Sun Ranto Show instead of into the pockets of rich corporate douchebags. Buy all your tickets through sunrancho.com slash StubHub. Don't worry, it won't cost you a single penny extra. It don't stink to click our link. This is an Amazon shopper buying things from Amazon. And this is an Amazon shopper buying things through the links at sunrancho.com slash Amazon, knowing that up to 10% of their purchase will go to the Sunranto show instead of that cocksucker Jeff Bezos, who will just use the money to go to space. Plus, if you buy all your Amazon items through sunrancho.com slash Amazon, you could win a monthly prize. sunrancho.com slash StubHub and sunrancho.com slash Amazon. Two great ways to support the Sunranto show while sticking it to evil corporations who suck and it won't cost you a single penny it don't stink to click our link welcome back to the sun ranta show and welcome to the ranta roundtable sarah sanchez from cup of cubby blue and bleed cubby blue and alex pat from the was a swirsky sports i, I have such trouble saying it swirsky sports talk Swirsky Chicago. Sports. It's like when we had Steve Ciszek on the team. I never could manage <laughs> his name either. It was terrible. So, um, well, welcome, you guys. Um, and uh, I'm going to start here because, Alex, Pat, you you tweeted this um, on April 10th. Uh, it, and uh, you said, and yet I still liked how the Cubs battled with the B lineup. <laughs> so, <laughs> So, did you like how the rest of the B lineups went this year, or or were you, or or did you like how the, or is that a, is that a tweet for maybe the season that I like how the Cubs battled with the B lineup? Well, you know, you could kind of apply it to the second half because you look at even the past few weeks where guys were out. You had a point where Nico Horner was out. You had a point where Wilson Contreras was out and you know they still battled even if they weren't scoring six seven eight runs a game they were battling enough to help win games and you know that some of these guys that were playing over the past few weeks are not going to be with the team going forward but when you watch the way that they battled even if they didn't always win because they just weren't talented enough to compete with other teams. The way they battled I think speaks for how David Ross has run the ship here it's very easy to kind of throw in a towel. It's very easy to be kind of demoralized looking at the standings. <laughs> you know, you, you got to love being motivated by double birds there. I mean, who wouldn't be? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, hey, since those double birds, I feel like he's managed better. I mean, all he needed to do to unlock really taking a step forward as manager was saying, hey, Jock Peterson, here's to you. <laughs> Well, you know, I have an idea for these double birds, and that is like to make a a clock out of it, so you could have like <laughs> David Ross, you know, giving the finger like just to tell you the time. You know, it just goes to midnight. It's, we could replace the uh, the Wrigley clock with that. Now, Sarah Sanchez is on the show. I also have an old tweet of hers, and she said in the chat, "Oh God, um, you have old tweets." And I I just looked at specifically tweets. From opening weekend, just to see kind of where we all were in our thoughts. And this is something you said. You said this high contact Cubs team just manufacturing runs against Brandon Woodruff. Fire. You love to see it. And you also said, 
I've never needed anything less as a Cubs fan than a national writer MLB network type telling me I should be over last year's trade deadline so I could get excited about the new Cubs players. Okay, so. but seriously. I, I stand by both of those. Like I, So the contact thing, like they did a nice job against Brandon Woodruff. They actually are kind of a high contact group. Like there's a lot of guys hit making contact with the physical baseball now. Problem is that they become a lot <laughs> of ground. Really broke they, that a lot, down. A lot of double plays, um, a lot of outs on the bases. But I, I don't know. Like I actually think that this forebodes well for them with the new shift rules. Like they put the ball in play a lot, and I like that. Um, as for what was the other one that you put on there? The first one was that, well, that's manufacturing runs. That's the high contact. The other one was about being over last year's trade deadline I'm to get excited about new players. But are you I'm excited? definitely ab- still not over it. But are or you excited? That excited about most of the new players. <laughs> I mean, Christopher Morell is great, and I really like Seiya Suzuki. Here's a new player that Alex Pat was um, uh, not – excited about and probably still isn't he said only three games in i'm not going to pile on him too much yet but it would be nice if madrigal could start hitting soon that was never had 162 games in (laughs) yeah Yeah, i mean (sighs) let's talk periphery like the cubs have 83 second baseman as of next year they'll have no catcher uh you know you could upgrade it pretty much any single position you have except possibly right fields uh you know say a suzuki's gonna be out there that's what we're gonna have and so like if when you're looking at this team right now i know sarah you want Contreras back for probably the next 83 years if possible you know take over for ross eventually you know oh i very I, much I want agree. that but it's not gonna happen so i'm just preparing myself mentally to go with wilson wherever he goes 82 years then okay Okay, the, the old 82-year years, yeah. contract. But, like, you know, what's on your wish list? We've heard a lot of just like, well, we need a big bat and a pitcher. Where does that come from? Um, I would re-sign Wilson Contreras, obviously. They're not going to, but I would. I would add a lefty power bat at first base. I think that it is ridiculous that this team like I think the team leader in home runs was Patrick Wisdom with like 25 or 26 I mean this is just not that's ridiculous that shouldn't be a thing Uh, and I would at that at this point I'm kind of like I actually think Nico Horner is a pretty good shortstop I look at the defensive metrics and Nico Horner is in like the top tier of all of these guys he's at least as good as Dansby Swanson I, I think he's a better defender than Xander Bogarts I watch a lot of Red Sox game and Xander Bogarts isn't exactly known for his glove at shortstop, I, you know, I'm kind of like, unless they get Trey Turner, I don't really know but they that I'm convinced somebody. any of those guys would who's, be an upgrade at shortstop. Top? The other guy can play second. Um, who's at so the yeah, top I want to, I want a middle infielder type and I want a lefty power bat and I want them to resign my favorite player of all time. Who's behind me. On that. So you want three things, I three and, uh, and a, probably a pitcher too. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I was just doing position players. Yes, I would also like a starting pitcher who throws over ninety-five miles an hour consistently. Alex, Please? what's at the, what's at the top of your list? Well, uh, you just mentioned a pitcher that throws very hard. I know he's a risk, but I've been a very pro Carlos Rodon type of guy. I think he's the type of guy that you could bring in here, and you say, okay. You got a power lefty arm right there. You also have Justin Steele. Imagine having kind of like a 
two-headed monster of lefties that can throw hard, that have nasty sliders. And this year, Carlos Rodon stayed healthy, which is hopefully a good sign for the future because staying healthy was one thing he just couldn't do with the White Sox. So if he stays healthy in the future, I think it would be worth a gamble. Also, you know, Sarah, you mentioned lefty power. That's really, really important. And I don't know how much we can rely on him, but I am hoping that Matt Mervis is a solution to that because if you watch his highlights in AAA and with and throughout the minors the whole year, his power is ridiculous. I mean, he absolutely kills the baseball. Now, of course, that's more of a gamble because he's a prospect and he hasn't played at the major league level yet. But I think that if there's the potential there, then maybe that is one of your solutions. Now, people talk about the infielder free agents, the shortstop free agents. I'm a big Trey Turner guy. What I really like about Trey Turner is that he gives you a balance of a little bit of everything. You look at the way he can hit for power. He has 20 home run power. He also has great speed. To have great speed like that and be able to hit for the power that he does and the average that he does, gets on base, he just he brings everything you need to the table. It would be awesome to have a guy where you could say, you know what, if you want to sock it out of the ballpark, sock it out of the ballpark. If you want to just get on with a single and steal a base or two, steal a base or two. Those are kind of what I want at the very top. You know, I wouldn't say no to Carlos Correa if that situation came up too, but, you know, that's kind of where I'm looking at right now. And I think there's going to be those moments in the offseason where we pick up guys that aren't necessarily big-name guys, but you know, you fill in depth here or there. You fill in a, a spot that might not be as big a need, but we know we know what this team needs. More power arms. You can never have enough of those. We need more power bats, lefty and righty. You just you mentioned Patrick Wisdom, 25 home runs. Good for you, but you need more than that if you're going to be a contending team. So I'd say let the Cubs yeah, sign some free Contreras is number two in home runs, by the way. Yes. So if you lose those 22 homers, right. you're – Right, you're done. I'm going to bring Crawley into this conversation uh, and ask the same question. Hey, Crawley, well, what's Crawley. up? What's going I, on? Um, How's everyone it, doing? Hey, man, long time no see for most of you. <laughs> yeah, right. What was it? Uh, I don't know. It was all a blur. This weekend was a giant blur. But uh, I'm going to ask you the same question. Top of your list, like Correa, what? There's no doubt it's Korea is the top of my list. Uh, you know, I, I just want some guy with some pop, somebody that's going to can knock it out, and I think he, you know. I don't want to sit, I'm, uh, you know, you, uh, the thing that Alex was talking about with Matt Mervis, I just don't want to put all that pressure on that kid. If you can just get something to kind of, if you can do something to kind of do some sort of platoon work, something out where it's not like Matt Mervis or bust. I think if you do that, I think yeah. that's going to be yep. a huge disservice uh, to Mervis. And, and, and it's just not, I don't think it's going to work right. out. I'm sorry. I know, the service to Mervis was, was too good. I giggled. Yeah, that's, that's the new obvious shirt is disservice to Mervis. Well, yeah. there we go. Not a shirt that would sell very well, I what, think. <laughs> was that the not obvious shirts? What did we have going for a while? It, that's that's the one that they send that, that they send to Ricketts after he fucks Mervis up. Disservice to Mervis. <laughs> disservice to Mervis. Um, Sarah, you were going to jump in and say something right before if you remember what you were going to say. Yeah, um, the Wilson Contreras thing, pointing out uh, that there, he is responsible for 22 of the home runs that the Cubs have right now, and he's the second most home runs on the team, is important. I think that uh, I was I was talking about this over the weekend, but a lot of teams have defense-first catchers right now, and they have just sort of like written mm-hmm. off that part of the offense. 
The Cubs have not. The Cubs will feel the lack of an offense first catcher because they've had one for six years. It's sort of like if we're runners and you run a six minute mile and I run a 10 minute mile and I drop down to a nine minute mile, that's good for me. But if you go up to a nine minute mile, that's bad for you. Like that is going to be the Cubs losing offense, a catcher and replacing Wilson Contreras with some combination of Jan Gomes and PJ Higgins. Yeah. And you got to replace it somewhere else. And I think that's what you're uh, saying is everybody's saying, well, right. go, go get that shortstop. That'll get you 20 bombs. Then you get the 20 bombs out of that situation. But it seems like you have to upgrade other places. I mean, you know, right. You and when they don't want to and when they don't want to spend on, you know, Omar Narvaez next year and they end up with Austin Hedges instead, you know, you're still losing those 20 home runs. And a spark plug of the team. Uh, you know, Absolutely. Uh, so that, and yeah. uh, I, I mean, I personally think they're going to give him the qualifying offer. He's going to end up taking it. And we're going to say goodbye to Wilson Contreras five more times. I already said that tonight. And that's, I think, what's going to happen. I, uh, no, I think I think Wilson's got one shot at a multi-year contract that's going to give him four or five. It may not be what he wants, which is JT Real Muto money. But this is his big shot to really do something that will give him, you know, lifelong guaranteed, you know, pretty good wealth to, to last him for the rest of his life. He's got really, I think one shot. So at, you're and, saying he goes into the hall of fame as a Cardinal. Gotcha. gotcha. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, he deserves to get paid and if the Cubs aren't going to do it, somebody should get your money. Wilson. Yeah. Shake your money. the money out of their pockets. Yeah. I, he's not, he's not like it's, I like, will cry. You know, but... He's not 27 or 28 and then he's going to have another bite at the apple like Correa. You know what I mean? So it's yep. kind of like, I don't know. I just, I don't see that happening. I, I don't see him. You know, if if he takes the qualifying offer, something went really, really wrong in free agency. He, well, I, I don't happens. think he gets that decision though, right? Like, don't you have to accept the qualifying offer before he can like yeah. hit the market? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Not like, yep. yeah, he either accepts or rejects the qualifying right. offer, not knowing yeah. what the market is theoretically, at least. Unless somebody just signs him, right? No, nobody. The, the signing window free doesn't open. Doesn't. Oh, I got, oh, I got you. Yeah, Until there's a deadline to accept or reject the qualifying. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, we're we're at. The, the hour two of the shows, <laughs> like I mean, it's theoretically possible. And Danny, he would come and back Danny's to the not drinking like, yet. Hey, are you interested in signing me for nineteen point five million for a one year? You know what I mean? Like that could happen. It, it would be functionally the same. Right. Yeah, right. So if he turns it down, but can he? But then that's it. The Cubs are just done. They get a draft pick. If he signs somewhere else, they get a draft pick. And they could theoretically try to negotiate with him, but they, why would they? Like, I, I think that that's the, that's why I've sort of resigned myself to the fact that Wilson Contreras is going somewhere else. I'm praying that it's not St. Louis because that would be by far the most difficult for me. Oh. But I, I feel like a good weird potential match would be if the Red Sox signed Wilson Contreras because they don't have a catcher either. You're and the Cubs could go after Chris, the Cubs could team. go, the Cubs could go after Christian Vasquez who I really like, who is a slightly less offensively impactful catcher than Wilson Contreras, but is a better defensive catcher than Wilson Contreras. And I feel mm -hmm. like he is the best catcher on the market that I would want if I were the Cubs. And I am not just saying that because it's my other favorite team. I'm saying that because I've watched a lot of Christian Vasquez, and I think there's a, there's a match made here somewhere. No, no, I'm saying you want Wilson to go to the Red Sox because then it'll be just an easy transfer for you. I mean, okay, I, but, okay, but look... Uh, I appreciate I that it will make things better for me. <laughs> I mentioned Christian Vasquez earlier. He is my choice for our next catcher if we have to go pick somebody off the market. And how fun would it be if we got Xander too? 
I mean, like, just as Why far not? as... I'll take got- those. I like Xander. See, the thing is, you're, you're competing against all the other teams, of course, but, it, you know, so hopefully it, you can... It, I mean, but why not if you're willing to spend and just... I'm hoping they swoop in right away and before, you know, as soon as the, uh, the season's, like, dead and gone, you know, boom, swoop in and be one of those teams that, like, signs guys right away because it seems like... Just go get what you want. Don't drag your feet and do all this crap. And I, and, you know, and while and, we're and, signing Red Sox, bring Rich Hill home too. Oh God, <laughs> that's Rich no, Hill. No, 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 no. I still don't haven't forgiven him for throwing that. Uh, God, it was to Chris Young, Game Three of the NLDS in 2007. He throws a meatball to Chris Young, and I haven't even sat down in my damn seat and had a first sip of beer, and the Cubs are down one nothing. It was the, the very first pitch, wasn't it? Very first pitch, absolutely yep. right. Yeah, very first uh, pitch, Rich Hill. Two thousand. Watching that in the pizza joint. To be yeah. fair, the Cubs have been chasing Rich Hill for the last like four. No years. interest in Rich Hill, but they I will, just keep signing Rich Hill. You know, when we talked about uh, when Sarah was talking about replacing the power, I mean, that's what got you know one thing that got screwed up is you know Frank Schwindel. I don't know what he would have hit, but you know he came to spring training with a bad back. It never got good, and you had like zero power from your first base position, like nothing. Like that just mm-hmm. absolutely killed you. You know what I mean? And and so, like I said, I don't know of a really, I don't know, I don't know of a great option. Maybe Jose Abreu comes over, but even he didn't pop a lot this year. You know what I mean? So well, and you were hoping Cubs had zero power from first base, zero power from shortstop, zero power from center field. Z- zero <laughs> Let's power put this in perspective. And second DH. Base. Zero power from DH. Did the yeah, one zero power sorry, from DH. sorry, hold on, remind hold on, hold on. The power of DH was Wilson Contreras. Wait, wait, wait a second. First, zero power first base, first from base, second base. shortstop, outfield, DH. Who did we get rid of this year? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All <laughs> those guys. Well, that's but another, also second base. Like you know, that is another I if feel you like look you missed at, that one. Who who did we have there hitting for power? Let, let's pick it. Let's why don't we pick up Matt Carpenter? What do you think? Oh god. Oh no, Mayo Salsa. No. I was gonna say if he brings his salsa, no, we'll get him just We'll get him just to cater the games. No, 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 no. We have the salsa king of Chicago. He's in every jewels there is now. So Marty Garcia, best salsa in Chicago exists. We got it. We don't there need is it. not another salsa on the regular market that has the steroids that his does. No, not the salsa king. <laughs> so I, I'd like to bring in a couple more. I, I say we go full on CNN. We're going. We're going Brady Bunch. Well, almost Brady Bunch. We're going. <laughs> we're going eight heads. We're bringing uh, <laughs> Ka- Captain Cubbo. Captain Cubbo, you're, you're muted. We're bringing. That's in- funny, Danny, because people call me eight heads sometimes. <laughs> well, can I just can I make one point line. about this designated hitter thing? Because frankly, like the sixth best designated hitter with at least 250 plate appearances was Wilson Contreras. So if everybody wants to go out, at the, we need a designated hitter. The Cubs had one. He was playing catcher for them, which is why it's going to be such a substantial drop off when they go out and try to sign like Christian Vasquez, who I like, and say Christian Vasquez is the new Wilson Contreras when he clearly is not. Sarah, but- we talked about this out in the bleachers, and I brought it up earlier on the show before you were on. Yes. He is the answer to a lot of different positions, most importantly catcher, but his contract won't go bad because you can move him all over the place. Yeah. So I'd like to welcome to the show Captain Cubbo in his mild-mannered reporter uh, costume. (laughs) Well, you got a Captain Cubbo hat and a lot of memorabilia behind him. Uh, Welcome Roberto Ramos and Billy DeVore, a Reds fan. 
<laughs> well, yes, actually, hey. what is that hat? Oh, it's a Mariners hat. Mariners! Go all, ahead. The, all the Reds are on the Mariners now. So He's well, a sub-Mariner fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, a Mariners so, plan to come. Billy, sorry, but we, we gave you loss number 100 today. Um, <laughs> quite the, the thrashing or the drubbing, as yeah. Edmund would say. Dude, I'm just happy to be a part of a 100-loss season. It's pretty cool. Uh, I think this is only the <laughs> third time it's happened in our franchise's history. So I get to be a part of milestones, albeit well, low they, ones. Didn't they tie with Pittsburgh? I, did. Well, welcome to the club. We all we all experienced 100 last season a couple of years ago. It was, you know, so welcome, Billy. Well, yeah, but here's the thing. It worked out for you guys in the long run. So, uh, yeah, I mean, our our ownership in front office did tell us it was going to happen before it happened. And then they said, it'll get better. I think your ownership said, where else are you going to go? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank God that was just the COO and not the CEO. So that's good. The guy There's who's supposed to talk vowels and alphabets. Yeah. There. See the, the finals yeah. they did, they did tie for last place in this, in the weakest division in baseball. But you know, we, we now, us, we Cub fans, we still had a good time. I know everybody here caught at least one or two games in the ballpark today. Um, you know, we're running around Captain Cubbo's in full costume and regalia getting on marquee. You know, Crawley's running around like Crawley's in the 1940 club. He's in the suites. He's throwing a, a, a Stroman event. Sarah's on. We got another podcast. Alex got a podcast. I have G's what following uh, all the way from the Pacific Northwest. He's our first Cubs game. Michael's there this weekend. Um, this is what Cubs fandom does. Billy, what are the Reds <laughs> got going? I mean, it, after everybody told you that, or the, your front office tells you it's not worth seeing, um, you know, did they still show up? Do you have anything close to this kind of posse? Absolutely not. Uh, uh, the th closest thing that we have going on to this is that Bengal season is happening. That's about it. And then FC Cincinnati is about to make the playoffs. So, I mean, so yeah, they went other places. They found other things to do. Just like you stay home. You are literally home. wearing a Mariner's hat. Yeah, I've had this, to be fair. But <laughs> to be, he's, he's like, I'm not a bandwagon guy. To be I fair, I got sweat stains in here. Yeah, I have. And it's very well broken in. It um, is a great hat, by the way. That I took a look at the attendance. I looked at the attendance for the game today. It says 12,437. Would you say they're overestimating that a little bit? Because I was trying to count on TV and uh, didn't look like no 12,000. No, I would say there was maybe 12. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, like a thousand well, twelve just ended, instead okay, of twelve thousand. Just, just twelve. There were some um, good crowds this weekend, though. Yeah, a lot of blue. Um, <laughs> so I just want to give a shout out to bandwagon fans because I think all of us are about to become postseason bandwagon fans. And cheers to my beloved Blue Jays. Yeah, little. That's going to be a fun series. I'm very excited. I'm just excited to see competitive baseball where people want to play. It's very nice to see. Um, Novelty. I, it is, but um, the Reds just hit an attendance low. They haven't had this few attendees since 1982, discluding the pandemic year. So, what are you going to do? 
stay home. Well, and the same is true of the Cubs. This is the <laughs> lowest, although we've all been in attendance there, and this is kind of the point I was going to. Like, you know, I mean, the Cubs attendance is down. So, like, you know, Alex, do, do you can see that as like a, a, a reason that they would maybe look at that and see that they've blown through the season ticket holder list and put the pedal to the metal and give us some some new guys to cheer for? Well, you know, the thing with the, uh, being the Cubs is that you know that no matter what, you're still going to draw better than the average team. I mean, just playing at Wrigley Field and whatnot. That being said, I mean, it was the lowest attended, not counting the pandemic season, since 1997. 1997 was the year before the big steroids home run race, and then that happened, and everyone is like, oh, this is fun, this is awesome, let's go to the ballpark again. So, I mean, I think there's definitely an incentive for them to get better so more people will come. I mean, it's expensive to go to Wrigley Field compared to other teams, but if the team's good, people are willing to go. We see this in the city. The city is typically more expensive than many other markets for all the teams, and when they're good, they'll they'll go no matter what the price. So, yeah, I do think there is some incentive to get better here to bring that up closer to three million. Because you know, I I did a little calculation from '98 to 2019, the average attendance for the Cubs was like just under three million. And one year that they didn't draw three million was in 2015. That's because they were redoing the bleachers. And the other two seasons they didn't draw three million. Well, that was the rebuilding years of Theo, 2012, 2013. So you know, of course it was going to drop. But what happened? They got good, and more people went. So I think if they're better next year and they show that they're trying to win, I think they'll get back up close to that three million mark. If they end up being great, then I think they can catch that three million mark. And remember too. They have expanded the seating capacity a little bit over the past few years. So if they're selling out those games, then that's even a little more uh, people going through the turnstiles. Alex, just to jump on that a little bit, you know, the the other thing that didn't happen pre-World Series is having the marquee network. And Mm -hmm. and I've been saying this forever, is (laughs) it's going to push the Cubs to have to field better teams because you have that network that you're relying on to bring in more revenue. You can't Absolutely. roll out a crap team, expect people to watch that and get anything more than Prevagen commercials. If you want to start getting bigger <laughs> marketing, bigger advertising, you have to have a team that people want to watch. I only now, watch because pitch, of those commercials. What are you talking about? I'm going to pitch a Captain Cubo cartoon for <laughs> – for kids. The marquee network. Every Saturday morning, Captain Cubbo comes on and he teaches the kids about eating their vitamins and taking naps. I don't and, know. And and how to have a sweet <laughs> and how to have a sweet hummer. <laughs> I, will, exactly. I, I will tell you though that for the first time ever, the Cubs are going to broadcast Cubs Convention. Okay. So they're broadcasting that on marquee that's never been done before. I talked to the new. Why uh, would I go? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's sweaty and, and I got you gotta like. You don't like going anyway. Trampled. You wouldn't go either just, way. What are you all you do is about? get trampled by Crawley. Like it's you, you the entire like thing is just getting run over by Crawley, <laughs> who's just drunk, like double fisting beers, trailing a cooler and a Lou Malnati's behind him, and just like you're covered in sauce. It's just terrible. <laughs> That sounds like the perfect weekend to me. Exactly. I'll so, see you at the bar. 
far later. <laughs> just, I can see him just pushing kids out of the way. Like, I got to get Pete Crow Armstrong's autograph. Look out. Yeah, I got some Zach Campbell and we know. But uh, it's, uh, it's Cubs convention is great. You know, it's, it's totally different from being there in person. But, like, there are people that totally don't dig that vibe. Like, my dad would never. You couldn't pay my dad to go to that. He loves the Cubs. He'd watch it on TV easily, no problem. But you have to give them something to watch. You have to give them the whole concept of Cubs convention going way back to John McDonough was to get people excited about the season. The only way you're going to do that is by attracting some some higher, no pun, no pun intended, marquee talent. It'll be really great when they announce the Jacob deGrom signing. They got to do something, I, you know. I was just going to say, when was the last time they announced anything big at CubsCon? Carrie Wood. Carrie Wood. About yeah, they did. Carrie Wood and Jeff Jeff Samarja was a big one uh, back in the day. But it, it's really the announcements. It's, they don't make announcements around it. But if all of a sudden you're coming in, and I trust me, I remember walking in 2015, 2016 CubsCon, and they had been signing a bunch of players and seeing those guys. That gets you way jacked up to get to the convention. Yeah. So don't make That's signings cool. at there. But if all of a sudden for the first time, if it is a DeGrom or if it is a Correa or if it is a Rodon, every, you know, if you just roll out the same guys you had last season, you're not going to have that much interest. Just aren't. And, uh, Nick Madrigal, uh, the head of ceremonies. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Where the hell's my Nick Madrigal bobblehead? How the hell does he have a bobblehead I, and Ian Happ? Well, I have one. Yeah. I got a funny story about Nick Magical Bobblehead. I tried to give one away at the last Bleacher Bum Band show uh, through the raffle. And so uh, somebody wins it. I'm like, congratulations, here's your bobblehead, da-da-da. They took it back to their seat, and then at the end of the night, we're cleaning up, and I'm like, hey, so they left their Nick Magical Bobblehead. And Bleacher Jeff's like, no, they just they didn't want it. They gave it back. And I was like, so they fully won a prize and gave it back to me. It's, I'm like, yeah, we, we feel the same way about Nick Magical, too, but – uh, Captain Cubble, I saw you a lot in the in the bleachers this year, just like getting on, you know, just the you caught, saw a lot of games. What you get to about 20 of them, 25? Nah, it was more than that. Okay. So, like, you've been there a bunch of years. You grew up right across the street from Wrigley Field, so you've seen a lot of change over the years. Uh, as far as, like, the vibe this year in the bleachers, um, what'd you see? Like, different than usual or – well, obviously, we know that uh, there's a younger crowd in there. That's for sure. And, you know. Or like we're just all up. older. I like to stay up and away because, as you know, that plastic cup, those cell phones are just such a distraction that you can't even watch the ball game. Yeah, well, so, well, that's why you bought this amazing uh, – I've got to pick it up. Hold on. It dropped on the floor. It's this – Incredible. I, I got to show everybody this because this is why this is why I bought Captain Cubbo on because I oh, I wanted to thank him so much for this amazing gift. This is a beer snake chopper. And uh, as you can see, I can wear it on my hand here and chop the snake, which I did. It was pretty effective, too, although I, 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 I learned a thing or two. I got to go like I actually I can't warn them. Because they were suspecting it, so they held the, the, the cups tight, so I couldn't <gasps> chop through. Sneaky. Yeah, so you just got to sneak attack with it. But this well, is well, I, I think the up chop is better anyway, because then the cups like blow they that fly way. in the air. It makes it for better. The the ushers hated it though, and I had to really explain why I shouldn't get kicked out. But um, and I didn't. So, but this I'm I'm just happy that we have a chop at Wrigley that is well, not culturally if insensitive. Can, if we can get it in again, because this is the brilliant part of this entire plan is captain Cubbo 
made an envelope sign, which he, he taped two poster boards together, one that with a message from Captain Cubbo on one side and the one from uh, the Ranters on the other side. And what it is, it's an envelope by which we can sneak in the illicit <laughs> beer snake chopper because this can't get past the gates. So they're looking at me in the seventh, eighth inning being like, Oh, well, how'd you get that thing in? I was like, oh, don't you worry about it. <laughs> don't you worry I, I about just my put my hand in my side. pocket and they didn't see it. I, I, think that's what, I think that's what Cub fans are missing, Danny. You can keep getting more props. I know Roberto's very handy. He can make you more props. We don't have like a carrot top type character at Wrigley Field. You can fill that void with all sorts of just crazy props. Prop comedy. Tune in for the 2023 season to see if Danny Rocket is allowed back into Wrigley Field. Into Wrigley. Well, I found out from one of the red shirts that you know that that uh, x-ray thing that they put you through over in the corners that uh that's got facial recognition on it so like that you know at some point if you get why well, you should wear your mask exactly so until you get into the ballpark yeah exactly i thought of that i'm like well guess i'm wearing a mask to wrigley from now on so they don't know it's me <laughs> do, do you know believe it or not when i wear my mask and you guys know the mask i wear Mm-hmm. The ushers would always tell me to flip it up, and I would say like, "Why?" Because oh, because we need facial recognition. I said, look, "Why don't you look at my body? Give <laughs> <laughs> you recognition who I am. What does my face have to do with it being covered with a mask?" Joe in, a, in an awesome superhero Cubs costume, and they're like, "We may not be able to." <laughs> Now we can't pick you up from the other 20 that are doing it, we guess. I'm the only one who does it. I'm, now I'm getting nervous that Jed may put me on the ban list for next year. To, to put us in full Brady what? Bunch to put, to put us in full Brady Bunch mode, I'm going to bring another man who should never wear a mask. That's Marcia, my time, Marcia, Marcia. Um, So now we're fully that, – that makes me who uh, – so if we go left to right, we're not doing this because it makes me like what's her name, and I can't you're remember Alice. her name. Alice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're Alice. Well, I can move you around if you don't want to be Alice. No, here. no, I can make no. Michael Alice. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sam is bringing me the meat. Yeah, we I got, think it's I, more like the old tic tac toe game, though. Yeah, just, Hollywood oh, Square. Hollywood exactly. Square. Ooh, yeah, I am the center Ooh. square. Does this yeah. make me Bruce Valanche? <laughs> Absolutely, it does. In more ways, in more ways than you know. Oh, thank God. I think Michael then becomes Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do a Gilbert Godfrey voice. Boy, Gilbert was... Godfrey. I, I want to be go. tall. That was actually pretty good. Who? And here's the thing: there's too many people on the screen. I don't even know who said it. Billy, just Bruce Valanche. Well, I want to welcome Mai Tai nice guy to the show, Billy. Um, Mai Tai, uh, here you are this summer, uh, stealing baseballs from small children. <laughs> <laughs> One of the greatest photographs you gave. Uh, you know, this is my friend Tatsuya and his daughter, and they they were there and the, at their first game, and uh, you did not disappoint. They brought that back to Japan with them, and it's just a cherished memory. Every memory with you is a cherished memory. But um, I got something to show everybody. Here's my Thai guy on opening day with his first. Aww. That's that's your first um, bleacher uh, drinking uh, bracelet that they gave you over 21 bracelet. OK, <laughs> now that's opening day. That's one. Now, here you are somewhere in the middle of the season. And you got you got a fair amount. What is that? About that was, that's 13, about the day I met him. 13, 14. <laughs> like, what up there? 
Now, here's the question I have for you. Are you still wearing your bracelets or have they been cut off? Uh, we're going to be cutting them off tonight at Murphy's. I think we're going to swing over for a couple of drinks right here. You can see that behind me, I got the ballpark right here. So we uh, we decided to come out, see if we can catch any players coming home. Maybe go catch a couple autographs and a couple shots of my lord if we can. Oh, that's beautiful. So live that. from Wrigley Field. Yeah, you didn't even tell me you're doing that. That's awesome. Right. So uh, tell me how the season was for you. Like, uh, as Roberto said, it was a little bit younger crowd, a lot of cup snakes rolling around. I'm doing a, I, I, you'll see it at the end of the show. I'm going to put a cup snake video out there that I made with a lot of the pictures that I took from this year. We're out there chopping them. Um, how was how it out there in the bleachers for you? Good, good. Well, first off, hi to everybody. Uh, I'm looking forward to the video, so can't wait for that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Bleacher's uh, a little bit, uh, a little bit of a lighter crowd. That's about it. Um, you know, it always starts strong, the optimism in the beginning of the year, uh, but then it wanes. Obviously, when we start trading players away, and you know, you don't know what you're getting back until years down the road. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, I, I got to show this picture of me and Billy DeVore out there in the bleachers. Just uh, even even Reds fans can almost become Cub fans out there. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, just I, I personally had a really good time out there this year. It's just like it seemed a little <laughs> bit more like the old bleachers. It felt a little bit more lawless than it used to be. Granted, there was. Some pretty incredible fights, including one that Crawley went viral with. How many views are you up to with that one? And I, I, I stopped looking, man. I muted all that stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sadly, it feels more lawless because uh, the Ricketts, like, they fired a whole bunch of the security staff. Yeah, well, they were, we're playing shorthanded this year. I, I, I'm going to play this fight, at least the end of it. When uh, There he is. Coming down, slow motion, boom. Just hit it. Oh, hit but it hard. Danny, you gotta play this one in reverse. Yeah, I will. Really, Here it is. Really good. Here it is. <laughs> always always better backwards with a slide whistle just yeah. every time I, I never thought i would be on tmz that was that was I, that wasn't on my bucket list but somehow <laughs> tmz sports there i was well i was You're working your way up yeah just be glad you got in on that way you know because there's other reasons you could have been on so Man, um, that's cool. Yeah. You had fights in your bleachers because we have to have people in our bleachers for that to happen. <laughs> well, right? So, maybe it's because you're scaring them away with your skyroses. Uh, this, right. this, this is what was is uh, taking place out in uh, Cincinnati right now. They're they're huh. putting hot dogs covered in chili on pizza slices. <laughs> now I would like to say they're doing this wrong. They're, the form is terrible. <laughs> you need to have the cheese coney upside down. And perpendicular with the slice and fold it like a taco. Don't give me that look. It's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> so you can move your hands because you got to eat one. It's really good. So I'm glad terrible. we get this juxtaposition. It's so terrible. It does it's, look. Yeah, we're, we're gonna eat one. We I, can't, I don't year. even recognize Skyline yeah. Chili as food. <laughs> you know, I just see that. things like that, and I'm like, you know, I remember the first time I was high. Danny. <laughs> <laughs> Danny keeps trying to defend Skyline Chili. I, I kind of like it. Yeah. Danny keeps it's trying good. to explain it. Well, it's not chili. It's more of a it's meat you, sauce. You put it it's on. a Greek yeah. meat it's sauce. A, exactly. I really like that there's cinnamon in it. Yeah. I like it. He's really into the cinnamon. I'm from New Mexico. So, yeah, your, your chili is even different than that. You got you know, the green chili. Yeah. Bringing up that fight, I had a lot of my friends commenting me or commenting me and asking me, hey, Captain, where were you at that fight? Why couldn't you help break it up? 
I'm like, I'm sorry, but I was on a rooftop and I was in no position to fly over. So <laughs> that would have been incredible. You should actually be mostly on the rooftop, and they should have you hooked to one of those, a, you know, Peter Pan fucking on the, zip line. The zip line you over every time. Go, and then you're whenever there's a home run. It's like the zip lines over. Yeah, and then it's It'd like, be the, like the Bernie Brewer slide or whatever, but with Captain Cubbo <laughs> flying over Waveland. <laughs> from one of the rooftops across the street to like a really triumphant version of Go Cubs Go. Rum, bum, bum, <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think the Ricketts want the legalities with that. You saw what happened to that reporter with Bernie Brewer slide that decided to try it out and ended up like <laughs> shattering their legs. <laughs> We need we, we need to build you a spotlight to put into the sky. So <laughs> like a bad light, yeah. So yeah. yeah, what's the what's the the Captain Cubbo uh spotlight look like? Um just like a hand. Bear. I'm holding a pizza. <laughs> I like Ew. it. Holding the pizza. It's just a triangle. Oh, that's a pizza slice. Captain Cubbo's on his way. <laughs> so, so we all talked about like kind of what our hopes are for next year and everything. Um, so I, I, I just kind of wanted, you know, I know they haven't made any moves yet. We have no idea. The <laughs> season just ended today. But give me your preliminary, preliminary, wait, wait, preliminary wait, wait, wait. record for next year. I want it from everybody. Carl, you could start. Well, wait a sec. You never bring up the records from the previous year. I want to see who is most accurate as far as last season. Oh, yeah. Well, what do you got? We, we, well, here's the thing is like uh, Michael told me that like I would ask the question and never let anybody answer. So, like, yeah, that was kind of <laughs> that was kind of it. I, uh, the only person that chose the Cubs uh, first was Dom. Um, nobody else went that that deep. I want to know. Uh, here's the one that I, the only one I couldn't find the answer to was Crawley on Marquee over under three and a half times. <laughs> oh, well, I think I mean, it was it under, but it might you, have been over. Well, they know. play the the game show of you a lot, so that but MVP so counts each time. Yeah, I think it does. Yeah, so it's, it's over. It's over. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Starting pitchers eleven and a half uh, over under, and it was actually eleven. I believe. Wow. Well, under. I mean, not really. It was 16, 17. Starting pitchers? Yeah. Well, because a lot of them, some of them were openers, like Scott Efrost started. I'm not one. fucking yeah. Sean Newcomb. I'm not putting Alec <laughs> Mills Mills in there. Come on, Alec man, Mills, maybe. Luke Farrell. You know, they, hey, they started it. I mean, they, they have a career start. Yeah. So, yep, 17. Yeah. It's over. You and your fucking like new age stats. It's not a start. If nobody expects you to go past fucking second inning, it's not a start. Of the game. Yeah, it it's is a start. A, yeah. It's literally well, then, a start. I, I, I saw a little girl. I saw a little girl throw a ball to Clark. Apparently she has a start now. <laughs> oh, that's first pitch of the game. Yeah, I, Was there I a don't... live batter in front of her? <laughs> so I'm gonna go with 85 wins for the 2023 Cubs. 85 wins. All right. The Sarah, only... I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna throw oh, it up to you. You know, so... Kilgallen was only three wins off. He was the only one that actually came in with numbers of wins. Uh he went Brewers 85, cards 82. Cubs seventy seven wins. 
All right, so not too far off, but he was the only one that even gave numbers. Sarah, what do you think? I'm going to say the same thing I've probably said on one of your roundtables before because I've been saying it for like the last three seasons. This is a 70-win team or a 90-win team. It is nothing in between because (laughs) Jed will sell everything that is not nailed down if it looks like they're closer to an 85-86 win team than to a 90-plus win team. And so it's a the team wins 90 games or more or they win fewer than 80 games and probably I'm going to go 72. My tie, what do you got? Uh, I'm thinking they spend some money. Uh, I, I think it, I think this is the time they're seeing some of their players come along. Uh, they're winning some awards. Uh, I, I think they spent some money. Give me 88. IFG. 94. Whoa. Oh. 94. Oh. What Magical the season. It'll be fun. <laughs> Alex, how about you? 86. All right. A little conservative, but one one ahead of Crawley. Uh, Cubbo, what do you got? I'm going to go with the year I graduated, 82. Oh, see, Cubo, I I got you there. I'm with you. Ocho Dos right there. So you're right there with Ocho Dos. Dos. Uh, Billy DeVore, Uh, how many (laughs) wins for uh, the Cubs and how many wins for the Reds? uh, Cubs are going to have 73 wins and the Reds are going to have a nice record. 69. (laughs) Are you saying the Cubs are going to be one game worse than they were this year? Who knows? Man. He's, a, he's a Reds fan. What does Hell he know? Well, I, I don't know anything. <laughs> Alex, I had, you, gave, you gave us yours? Yeah, 86. 86, 86. 86. Right. I, I guess I haven't given mine. I, I'm more um, and with uh, Sarah's thought of things, but I do agree that they're going to spend a bunch of money this year. I do. I think that, and and I mm-hmm. think that it might be close closer than 90. So I'll just stick in there about the year I graduated high school, 92. Whoa. Oh my god! You guys, yeah, I would I'm, happily I'm, take count the rings. See, I'm thinking that 82, and somehow it's going to get them into the postseason tournament. It will. That could be third wild and card. Then, and then the the Ricketts will never spend again. It'll you just know, there's be, somebody in the Cubs going, front office. They're going for the 82 every year. There's somebody in the Cubs front office whose job it probably is to figure out exactly how few wins they need and how much money, how little money they can spend on that few number of wins to be close to the playoffs. That person's job is to like, actually the number this year is going to be 84 and we'll come in 10th in payroll. That's like somebody's <laughs> literal spreadsheet yeah. that they work on all the time. It's their whole job. And if, they, and if they nail it, they get like a million dollar bonus. They get a yeah, belt, right. like the belt yeah. that they have <laughs> for the people who came out best in arbitration at MLB. Well, I'm, I'm looking at it here. And of course you, you got your wildcard team as a, uh, Philadelphia at 87 wins. That's what it took this year. San Diego like blew up their farm system to get that second wild card spot at 89. And then you have the Dodgers with just ridiculous amount of 111 wins. And so, I mean, um, I'll put up the uh, brackets here. I mean, this is my last questions for everybody. I know Sarah's answers already. The blue Jays uh, that that's who you're pulling for. Um, I- I would like a Blue Jays Phillies World Series. I think there would be a lot of home runs and it would be very fun. And the defense might be terrible, but it would be so fun to watch. IFG, who's your World Series out of this? Seattle, San Diego would be absolutely delightful. Huh, that would be interesting. All it West would be Coast. the latest uh, World Series on record. No. Well, it w- it wouldn't be because they'd make them play it in the, at some weird time, and nobody would be able to score because there'd be like half shadows <laughs> on the field because yeah. they'd have to play at four o'clock so East Coast could watch where all the people live. Um, actually, California is the 
highest populated <laughs> right. state. <laughs> Never mind. Um, well, but, but you know what I mean, up and down the East Coast. Uh, how about, I, I'll, I'm going to come out and say I'm feeling uh, I'm, I'm going to go. It's going to be St. Louis versus the Yankees. And Fuck we're all going to be so sad about it. You know? <laughs> Danny, you suck. That would I know. be miserable. I, why did you Work. do that to any of us? Literally, just, nobody wants that. You know what, that, though? It would be nice if it was St. Louis and New York and it had the lowest rating ever. Yeah, it would I not would, be I nice. Would there would like be nothing that. nice about that. Matt how about Anthony Rizzo NBA. wins it against this, the Cardinals? Anthony there you go. Rizzo I would have to watch run. the Yankees win. That's no. I'm like, go no. like I'm why go have with. that when you could have Gino Suarez and Manny Machado on the field at the same time? I've go got Vladito and Kyle Schwarber in my finals. So I'm like, I think this is, you know, a solid play. I'll go Cleveland and Phillies. All right. And Cleveland breaks the drought. I Phillies. want Cleveland to bring, break the drought. And I want Schwarber to win another one. Yeah, and Castellanos. Someone Phillies else. Jump in. I forget where we are. And who's been saying. I, I haven't chosen. Nicky's um, still not playing. Is he? Nah. He we, was we, the other day. He was yeah, he was the other day. He oh, came okay. in as a batted only though. Yeah, oh, okay. we talked about this the other day, Danny. I have a little bit of a soft spot there for Cleveland. Uh, they changed their name, and they then did. they can win. And then hopefully, uh, you know, and they've they've had the longest drought, active drought, you know, unless you count the Mariners who've never done it. Uh, and then on the National League side, I'm saying Dodgers because fuck everybody else. The Dodgers seem to know how to do it. They spend some fucking money all the time. <clears throat> and I want these owners to see that's how you do it. That's how you fucking, you do it like the Dodgers. You don't do it like Tampa Bay or even Cleveland. Well, Tampa, with their $30 million yeah, Tampa payroll. Bay versus Cleveland. That's, that's, that's like $60 million on the field right there. <laughs> I know that's, <laughs> if you get, if you play that series three times, that's LA's like whole, uh, <laughs> payroll there. What you got my tie? Uh, I'm thinking, uh, Yankees and Braves. All right. So kind of like a big powerhouse situation. Braves there last year. Like the pitching uh, on both sides. Uh, who I got, uh, Roberto. Um, believe it or not, maybe just see two teams that just couldn't make it. And that would have been probably Toronto and Philly. Yep. So there's a same as Sarah and, uh, Billy, uh, the Tampa Bay Cleveland matchup is just federal minimum wage. Uh, <laughs> 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 that's, that's, I, the, that's the matchup in the save the America's pastime thing. <laughs> yeah. I want Cleveland to do it and I want, I want San Diego to do it, but realistically, it's going to be Houston and Atlanta, and Houston's going to do it in six. They're so deep. They're so nasty. Well, we got people in the chat here. We got Corey Furlong saying, uh, L.A. Houston redemption time. That's I think he I, wants yeah. that, uh, that championship that's belt. What, that, that's what I think is going to happen. It's going to be L.A. Houston. Terry E. says, uh, go Phil's. Angel Moreno is L.A. versus New York. That's a classic 80s matchup right there. Get Fernando yep, Valenzuela then, back. And then Bernie Barron has Astros and Braves. Are we yeah. digging up Tommy Lasorda? Yeah. <laughs> the best part of those Braves games is going to be watching William Contreras hit home runs, and then they play Narco, and the Mets fan base all freaks out because they think they own Narco because Edwin Diaz walks out to it. It's honestly one of my favorite, like, subtweets of the entire postseason. And I, every time William Contreras makes 
the Mets listen to Narco, I consider that a win. <laughs> Didn't Jock Peterson walk up to Narco a few times last year as a Cub? Am I remembering Lots that Lots of people do it. The Mets don't own anything. Like, they're yeah. just oh, like agree. the whiniest. This is why I cannot cheer for the Mets. The Mets are the whiniest fan base. And every time yeah. I think, oh, they spent money. They have some players I like. Francisco Lindor is cool. Pete Alonso <laughs> seems like a cool guy who hits bombs. And then and then they do something whiny. And I'm like, nope, can't, can't cheer for the Mets. Yeah, ditto. Yeah, I mean, either way, it's hard to cheer for any team ultimately in the National League. I think because, you know, we Cubs face them so much. And so it just makes it like. And even more next year. Yeah, well, All next year we more, face everybody. Yes, next year, garbage. So, hey, well, real quick, I know that you were talking before about the fan base and everything else, but you know what? We're going to get some people coming back because don't forget, off tra- off betting over there be- getting built, right? It should be done by next summer. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Bring people down. There's going to well, be DraftKings over there so that I can play fantasy football while I well, while I don't I can, watch the baseball game that I'm at. I can yeah. I can I can see it now. <laughs> I can see it now. It'll be hologram Harry cutting the cutting the red ribbon out there in front, and you know, <laughs> that would be fucked up. Like to me, like this was the most fucked up part of the whole year. <laughs> <laughs> just hologram Harry. That was just a snippet for the podcast. Dude, all I can tell you is that the, being there was the most bizarre thing. I didn't know if I had too much to drink. I didn't know if it was a Muppet behind there. And then I saw this weird blobby thing on the screen. It was messed up, dude. Like when you were there, just hire Will Farrell. I was going to say, why can't you just, why can't you just let Pat Hughes do everything? Shout out to Pat Hughes, Ford Frick Award nominee again. Let Pat Hughes do all the things. Pat Hughes. Oh my God. He better, he better fucking win this year. So, well, I want to thank everybody for coming on. Um, I, the one guy who couldn't come on, he sends his regrets is Joe Kilgallen. He's got a show tonight. He's actually on, uh, he's on the stage as we speak. So, um, but I did want to play a, 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 we're, I'm going to say goodbye to all you guys. I'm going to play a brief uh, comedy bit that Joe Kilgallen put on his podcast that I just uploaded. All right, everybody, let's hear him. And uh, and then right. well, I'm going to say goodbye to everybody. And then we're going to, but we have to. Um, oh, we I, have I to forget, chance I, for a chance. Well, no, because I never did it. I never did oh. our, our contest. I never set it up. But I, I could really quick if you really want me to. Or, yeah. Poor chop that snake. Wait, did you just forget little Everett Yumper? Yes, yeah, well, that was his right, goddamn I, name. I got it, I've right. been look, I've been drinking a lot. Hashtag chance in the chat. I have not. Hashtag going chance in tonight. the chat right now, and we're gonna give away something. Uh a, a uh, postcard sent to you by me. And I'm gonna uh just share my screen real quick. And uh, where is it? Right here. All right, here we go. I'm drawing it. Get your get your votes in there. Hashtag chance. Here we go. Boom, 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 I even see. There it is. There's Everett. He's there. He's taunting Michael Cotton. He's one third of those names are Everett. Anthony Congratulations. You won a chance postcard, Frank Chance postcard sent to you by me with a message of love and doom. So um, <laughs> that's the that's the end of the show. Thank you for everybody. Uh, Sarah, IFG, Alex, Michael Cotton, Crawley, Roberto, Billy, 
Mai Tai guy. We had Cody Delmendo on the show from Chugga. We had Dom on the show, director of morale. We had, um, and we started out the show with uh, Stuart McVicker and John Benedict. I'm Danny Rocket. And just, uh, hey, have a happy off season, everybody. The Sun Ranto show isn't going anywhere. We'll be going down to once a week. We'll be looking at some of these playoff games and um, looking at and hope, hoping for a very fun off season. December 17th, Cubs caroling. And uh, here's Joe Kilgallen. Peace and spagog, y'all. Spagog! Spagog! No, I'm okay with Marquee, uh, not Marquee, uh, the Cubs in general doing Take Me Out to the Ball Game where it's a video of Harry Carey. That's cool. Now, they want to do this hologram technology. I have yet to hear anyone say, dude, this hologram technology, pretty sweet, not weird at all. Doesn't make you think that uh, we're all going to be replaced one day by robots. No, it's no, it's always weird looking. They're just, it's never the person. It looked like Harry Carey if he had never had one Budweiser in his life. That's what it looked like. He looked very slim. The suit he was wearing didn't have a single damn wrinkle, which is bullshit because Harry Carey's suit, he always wore a suit jacket that looked like someone had fun on Rush Street last night. That's the Harry Carey I know and love. I don't want to see this weird uh, mechanical. Looks like it could, if Harry Carey was a Chuck E. Cheese the animatronic guy, that's what it would have been. And frightening. I'm glad my sons didn't see it. They're very little. If they would have saw that, and then we're walking by Wrigley, and they see his statue, they might put two and two together, and now I've got two kids sleeping in my bed for a week because they have nightmares. So no thank you, Fox. The train from Barrington to get drunk and have some fun in the bleachers. Fireballs at Cubby Bear with his friends, he doesn't care if he's late. He boos and screams and cheers and he pounds a dozen beers in the bleachers. But the highlight of his day was when he made a cup snake. They pile it high and pile it higher Left field sucks came from the choir They stacked those guns for 27 rows How beautifully built those cups were Philomene red shirt and usher Symphony I think it's time to go
Instead he's stacking cups in the bleachers He was too drunk by the fourth To care about the score of the game Now he's reaching for the sky Heaping cups up super high in the bleachers Worth a hundred bucks he paid To get drunk and make a cup snake Everything felt so fantastic Holding his pill 